Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 13 of the Andy Campbell Championship Show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. Spooky, Halloween, 13, in it. It's almost like we planned it, but we didn't, mm-hmm. but we'll say no. we did. Yeah, we did. I am your host, Sai. I'm joined by ex-Premier League and Championship striker, Cardiff City legend, Mr. Andy Campbell. We have three main featured games for the weekend's round of matches which we focus on as well as talking all the other games and news, giving our two for two, where we select two players who've had a nightmare or a blinder. Andy will answer your questions, and I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot of them tonight around Cardiff. Uh, we've had a lot of fun in recent weeks, and then we finish off with uh, the soon-to-be-award-winning 10-second segment, the best segment in podcast, radio, TV, internet history. Gold. That is... Fake Geordie Bingo Lingo, yeah, where Andy teaches me something about his northern culture, whether gold. it be food or slang or a well-known phrase, it is gold. So joining me to talk about all these subjects, provide expert analysis and insight, is the one, the only, goal-scoring machine, fox in the box, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome. Good buddy. evening, mate. How are we? All right, mate. All right. All good. Been a very interesting, stressful weekend for Welsh rubbish. It's been, yeah, it's been rubbish, mate. To be fair, football's uh, football can just absolutely make or break you. And I think this weekend it's uh, it's broke a few. Stress certainly broke me mentally, mentally more than physically. It was depressing yesterday, particularly. It was just like, oh God's sake. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's just going to be plenty to talk about, uh, and and that's not just with the uh, 
with the things that people think that we're going to talk about because there's been yeah. some been some good stuff as well, some great games, some oh yeah, good goals, some bad tackles, some interesting referee decisions, and um, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So I'm going to just let's quickly go. do the plugs, get them all out of the way, and then I'm going to have a bit of a, a rant before we get into it. So. Uh, all our shows and series are available in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation, audio at the usual podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and many, many more. Next week, we have a second episode in our new MMA series, which is the Danny Batten MMA show. Uh, myself and former Cage Warriors featherweight champion Danny Batten breaking down UFC 244, which is uh, shaping up to be a fantastic show. Thrilled to welcome Danny to the team. He was featherweight champion for seven years, expert in all types of martial arts. So he will bring an incredible amount of knowledge for the uh, breaking down the fights and the MMA news. And uh, just on the MMA front, uh, just last week, I dropped a show with the uh, top cage warriors featherweight, uh, Paddy the Baddy Pimblet, who had plenty to say about MMA, Conor McGregor and uh, Liverpool and Man United and all other stuff. He's uh, he's never shy of a, a word or two, is he? The Scouse man, but uh, yeah, he was a real, real entertaining show. Top man. Bit disappointed that I couldn't get him for a video one, but um, he was fitting me in during his fight camp, so I was happy to get the audio one via phone. And uh, he's coming back on after his fight at the end of November, which he will win, there's no doubt. Uh, just Friday, I released part one, and today, which is Monday, I released part two of the first episode in our mini-series on addiction with writer and journalist Joshua Shea, who was living the American dream before his addiction to alcohol and porn ripped his life apart. The two-part episode tells Joshua's stories in the hope in the story in the hope of reaching others who may be struggling with similar issues. It's harrowing, distressing at times, but it has to be presented in this raw way to hopefully make people listen. There's millions of people, all races, class, gender, who are struggling with addiction and mental health issues, and we must help them. The best way to do that is to keep talking about these issues and get others to do the same. And uh, finally, today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football, music and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you exclusive products. They are edgy, controversial, but most importantly, current. Stick with them, and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide cutting-edge look we all crave. You can also get this lovely T-shirt as modelled by me. Spot on. So, before we get into the games, I've got a few things to say, Andy. I'm sure you'll add to what I have to say. Yeah, so, well. I think, first of all, I'm going to go with players coming to fans after games, okay? So, mm-hmm. for example, Cardiff to Swansea, not very far, approximately, I don't know, 25 miles, if that, I don't yeah. even know. And I should know, but I don't. Geography is very bad, very bad, okay? Not far. After that performance, every single member of that team, subs and all, and manager, in my opinion, should have been over to those fans, thanking them for the support. Friday night, Southampton lost 9-0 at home in a Premier League game. Not friendly, not a Carling Cup game with kids. 9-0 at home in a Premier League game against their team. Yes, Leicester and not the, you know, the same team they were a couple of years ago or before they won the Premier League. But they're still 
Leicester and Southampton. There's not like a huge gap. Southampton haven't just come up from you know the championship. Yeah. Uh, and I see it all the time where players they don't go over and thank those fans. Cardiff, you know, if we travel to Carlisle or Sunderland or you know, Newcastle, whatever, that's a whole day off work, leaving sometimes six o'clock in the morning. You lose a day's pay. You've got to pay a fortune to get up there. You've got to pay a fortune for tickets. The least those players can do is go and thank those fans for their support. Because those players, well, they get paid in a day or, say, a week. Some of these fans don't get in a year. Mm. Or, you know, best part of top championship players, you know, they're probably getting what? You know, they're getting at least like 15, 20 grand a week. At least. Some fans don't get that a year. Yeah. yeah, they follow the club, these players, all around the country. Yeah. And I think it was absolutely disgusting that the Southampton players just kind of disappeared after a 9-0 drub in a home. Like, I don't count applauding the fans from the halfway line as proper appreciation for your fans. They should have been going around. We just discussed off-air, and you said they should have been forced to go around the pitch. Yeah. They should have been, and the manager should have made them to apologise. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Damn right, you should have. Um, Cardiff fans yesterday at Swansea yeah it's not far but it's a horrible trip to make because you've got to go as a bubble trip you've got to go be escorted by the police you're treated like animals which I'm going to discuss in a minute it's not an enjoyable trip those mm. fans who go there go there purely to support their team yeah. and one one player went over after that, that game and they were piss poor they were disgusting performance by all and the one player was the captain Sean Morrison, and yeah, uh, I will get into it. He's not good enough at the moment as a as, as a player. However, he kept the score to one nil last yesterday yeah. by making three or four last ditch tackles. So if there was any player who didn't deserve abuse or didn't deserve booze, it was probably him. Yeah. He was the only player who went over, and because he was the only player who went over. He took a load of abuse from fans. Not all fans, but some fans. Now, to me, that's wrong. All those players should have been over there. And the reason they didn't go is because they knew how terrible they'd been and they didn't want to face the music. Yeah. That's not acceptable to me. Not acceptable at all. I totally agree. You totally go. agree. There's nothing worse, side. There's nothing worse than after a game. Um when you get beat, you know what I mean? You know what's coming. You know exactly where the fight... You know exactly what... You've heard it for the, for the past 60, 70 minutes in a game. You know what I mean? You've, had a, you've missed a chance. You've missed a penalty. You've given the ball away. You've just... Everything's just gone against you. And you know you're going to get stick, but fans deserve everything what you've just said. They deserve that and more. So, you know what I mean? You've got to give them it back. You know, so... For me... Uh, when the fans are singing your name and you and you and you're cheering them off like the manager does at home after every victory, and he and he gets his cheers and he and he rives the fans up. You know what I mean? There's got to be something when you when you lose as well because it's everything's not just a success. It's not a bed of roses. It's not it's not a party every 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 Saturday. You know what I mean? There's, it's about winning and losing. You know what I mean? And, and coming together as a group. And the captain, the manager, someone's got to take responsibility to say you you're not going down the tunnel. Get yourself in here. Solidarity as a, as a, as a group. We haven't we haven't performed this season. Not just today. This is just a smoke screen now. You know that this this isn't just one game. We're not. T- let's forget Swansea. That could, that could have been anybody Saturday or Sunday. Sorry. You know what I mean? That they, they, they've underperformed for weeks and weeks and weeks. Hence the league table doesn't lie. Um, and for me, 
the, the, the right thing to do is, is go and clap your fans. And you probably wouldn't notice then uh, one or two people taking a bit of stick because nobody would know who it's aimed at. It'd be aimed at the whole group. And, 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 and then it brings people together. Because then as a group, the group goes into the change room saying, that was disgraceful. Yes, it was disgraceful. But they've got every right to say it, to pay the money, to travel, to take time off work. They, they, they've got desire, they've got passion. You know what I mean? This is every football club down the land. You know what I mean? It could be 50 fans travelling. It could be 5,000 fans travelling. It doesn't matter. Fans deserve you to go to their end, wherever they are, and, and, give, them, and give them the send-off. Southampton on Friday. Disgusting. You know what I mean? The, 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 probably the most passionate player in that Southampton side was Bertrand, who got sent off. And he came, he, and he, he came on, the, um, on the Sky cameras after the game and, and, and did an interview. He lasted 15 minutes in the game, you know what I mean? So he was probably in a better, better position. That they were already getting beat when he came on. But disgraceful attitude, disgraceful, you know what I mean, from, from players. It doesn't matter if you're from Wales or you're from Southampton and you're not a local boy. And, and, and it's, still, it's still got to matter the same, regardless where you're from. You sign a contract, you buy into that football club. It's that simple. You buy into that football club, you're there for, you're there for three, four, five years, whatever contract you sign. That means every Saturday, every Tuesday, you run through a brick wall for those supporters behind the goal. That's, that's as simple as I can say it because fans deserve more than what they're getting at the minute and that's every club I'm not, I'm not picking on Cardiff City players I'm not picking on Southampton players you know what I mean Middlesbrough fans deserve more Middlesbrough fans would turn up in more in numbers if they got a little bit back from players if, 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 if players would run through a brick wall for them a little bit more and, you know, I mean, and this could be Morecambe it could be Stevenage it could be York City Newport County, you know, Wrexham, it's just, I could, I, you could go on for the, it's the same thing, you know, your fans deserve to be treated with a certain, a certain amount of respect, and I don't think they are at the minute. No, they're not, um, and sort of sticking on with the, the fans being treated a certain way and treated with respect, um, I just wanted to make mention, so Cardiff, Cardiff Swansea is a bubble trip, it's one of the very few left in the Football League, which is still a bubble trip, if not the last. There's no need for it to be a bubble trip, in my opinion, in 2019. You can still police it in a safe way without having to herd the fans around like cattle with a police escort where they've got to exchange vouchers at services and all this crap. But all right, it's a bubble trip, fine. Whatever. However, this... Uh, particular game, the police decided to use facial recognition software and technology to try and identify Cardiff fans and potential troublemakers. Now, some people will hear that and they'll think, oh, that's a good idea. It's not a good idea. The supporters clubs, as far as I'm aware, Cardiff and Swansea as clubs said they didn't want it used. The FA, as far as I'm aware, or the Welsh FA, I'm not sure which one, said they didn't want to use. There was no need for it. The police overruled it and decided they're going to use it. Of course, the genius that is football fans, all the Cardiff fans, wore Halloween masks to protect their privacy. Good for them. Cracking idea. But what is concerning for me is I know people who are on that list of potential troublemakers who are on, on, on there basically for being in the wrong place at the wrong time and have nothing to do with any trouble, never have. But this could have massive implications if you get identified by this software wrongly at a football match, just for going to the football match, adhering to all the rules and regulations you've got to when you go to a bubble match. And you can have huge implications on your professional life, your private life, because the police 
want to basically abuse their power, in my opinion. Um, for example, in the Champions League final in Cardiff for 2017, 2,000 people were wrongly identified using this software. Judges, a judge recently ruled against a shopper from Cardiff who, was, uh, who brought a legal challenge against the police because they used the automatic uh, face, automated facial recognition software earlier in the year to identify him. Uh, and the judge ruled actually ruled against him. The, this campaign group, Big Brother Watch, is you know it's basically doing a lot of work with this. It's a massive, massive surveillance operation, which just makes all fans suspects. It damages trusts, and it is a total waste of public money. And the other thing is, Cardiff uh, not Cardiff fans, football fans generally are treated like dirt. And I mean, they are just treated like animals everywhere they go, by the police, quite often by stewards. And the problem is, is a lot of the time when there's flare-ups, particularly the flare-ups which happen in and around the ground, they're often caused by overzealous policing. Um, you know, how many videos have you seen where, like, police are hitting the people at the front of a crowd of fans where... There's just people just stood there. They're not doing anything. They're not shouting. They're not being aggressive. They're just in the way, and they get hit with batons or CS spray or whatever. And it's it's worrying, mate, because yeah. I see I see what Cardiff is like on an international rugby day, and rugby fans are allowed in to pubs and clubs with rugby shirts on. They're allowed to drink in the street. They're urinating in the street. They're doing fighting. There's more fights on a rugby day than there is on a football yeah. day in Cardiff. Yeah. They don't have any of the same restrictions. You can't go in pubs with Cardiff City shirts on. You can't drink in football grounds. You can't um, you can't wear certain designer clothes because because you wear designer clothes, that must mean you're a football hooligan. And people they're just treat like dirt, mate. And I, I, yeah. I for one, am sick of it. It's not right, is it? It's, it's, the thing is, why, why should why should you go to a football game and and uh, and 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 be taught be be uh, reprimanded like a criminal straight away you know what I mean you're going there to support your team you know what I mean so you know what I mean you, why would you keep going and then you've got the and then you've got the added extra if you go there to enjoy it and then the players don't give you the respect back you know what I mean so the whole the whole enjoyment and the whole part of going to a game is just ruined from start to finish yeah spot on man so yeah I just wanted to have a little poke of that because I didn't like it didn't not like it one bit so right then let, mate let's have it the fans well, voted for the games. First three games are our main featured games where we'll go have a bit more detail. But obviously we'll go through all the games. But the uh, the other games will be more of a a fleeting glance, as it were. So yeah. uh, first up, the people voted for Birmingham 2, Luton Town 1. Um, to be fair, I was... Um... I was fearful for Luton. Obviously, they got a, got a good result. You know what I mean. So normally, after a good result, you know what I mean. The side like Luton, the Barnsley, the team who's going up normally um, come down with a bit of a bump. And uh, Birmingham started really well. Um, they created a couple of chances. Should have gone ahead um, before they did. Um, they started really strongly um, and, uh, and 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 went ahead with a uh, with a very good goal. Uh, and then obviously, when you one 0 down, and for me, Birmingham, I watched Birmingham quite closely against Middlesbrough a few weeks ago. It was on the TV on the Friday, and I, and I was really impressed with how, how much energy they had, how, how, how 
how um, how much how how youthful the side was. You know what I mean? They had uh, Big Jukovic up front who causes problems. He gets hold of the ball. He brings the youngsters into the game and. Uh, and I think they could cause quite a lot of teams' problems. Uh, but the longer the game went on, Luton came back into it, you know what I mean? Picked up second half. Collins had a great strike and hit the post. Um, and then Izzy Brown, who was on loan from Chelsea, started to, started to pick up pockets in uh, in good areas. And he, and he, uh, he slipped in um, Cormick, who, who, who smashed home. Great finish from uh, from a very acute angle. Um, and then I think probably a, a draw was a fair result. Um, but then I just spoke about the man there, about Jukovic, that... You put balls in the box, he's going to cause problems. I watched him when he was at Middlesbrough um, quite a few years ago now. Um, and, and back then, he, he was a little bit more mobile than he is now. But now he's been a little bit more clever. He puts himself in a good, good position and, and, and feeds off a little bit more scraps and puts his head in where a lot of, a lot of players wouldn't put, his, wouldn't put their feet in. And, and his goal at the weekend, which was what, in the, inside the last six, seven, eight minutes. And you know what I mean? Like I said there, a lot of people wouldn't put their head in, uh, wouldn't put the boot in, sorry. And he put his head where... Where uh, where the boots are flying and, and got himself the winning goal and that was his first goal in a long time and Birmingham are, uh, they're, they're sitting quite pretty in, in in a league that I thought they would I thought they would struggle in um, I, you know what I mean? as I say I don't think um, I don't think many Birmingham fans would would have thought they'd be eleventh in the league table you know what I mean with twenty two points you know what I mean what yeah two points off the playoffs you know what I mean there's some massive clubs behind them you know what I mean and and and, and at the start of the season I thought they'd struggle because they'd had a bit of bit of, bit of turmoil. Lost manager, lost players, and uh, and then they're doing really well. Quite impressed. Yeah, the thing I like about Birmingham is um, they, they just got these young players who play without fear. They just yeah. they got such a young squad. They could they bled in like the likes of Bellingham and people who are you yeah. know six, sixteen, seventeen. But um, the thing which really impressed me against Luton was Jukovic. Uh, He's so clever. So uses experience all over the pitch. Yeah, Even for the goal, it's just like as the ball, as the wing has got the ball, he's pushing. He's got a little hand in the back of the defender, or you know wherever it may be. When the ball's in the air, he's he's moving. His movement is just sublime. Yeah. And I just think when he holds the ball up, and you've got these youthful players running off him, it's perfect for him because he yeah. does the you know he gets the ball down or he flicks it on. And he just brings them into play constantly. Well, you look at um, you look at some of the teams, side. You look at the um, you look at sides like uh, Leeds United. You know what I mean? Struggling for goals and struggling really, and that that hold up player. You know what I mean? You've got you've got a lad there, and it's no disrespect to Bristol City uh, to, to Birmingham City. You know what I mean? But he would he would probably suit playing with better players because he can hold the ball up. He does the stuff what nobody really wants him to do, and. You know what I mean? I, I, I was quite disappointed when he, left, when he left Middlesbrough, but I think Birmingham have got a very good player there, and and the way that they use him, with the younger boys running off him, and like you said there, playing with no fear, I think that 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 massively helps, um, because um, because the managers letting letting the players go out and just enjoy and and, and just focus on um, on just on just on just playing football and and upsetting a lot of people because you know what I mean? If 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 you put pressure on you, you know what I mean? You wouldn't really be able to perform at the level what. what what they need to perform, especially in the championship, because there's some, there's some brutal, brutal teams to play against. You know what I mean, physically and experienced. So you know what I mean. The young boys are doing so far so good. Yeah, they showed a little bit of naivety to let Luton back in here, where they made him gave the ball away, and Izzy Brown, you know, he pinched it and yeah. he puts McCormick uh, in. But you know, you gotta gotta expect that with young players who are yeah, you know, they're, they're gonna, gonna give the, they, they're gonna give the ball away. You know, that happened to Middlesbrough as well. You know what I mean? Bellingham I thought was excellent against Middlesbrough, but he, he gets caught in possession because they trust him with the ball. You know what I mean? Where it's it's a matter of time. 
year, two, six months, he could be in a Premier League player. So you know what I mean. He's he's been trusted with um, with the football in dangerous areas, and I think it'll uh, it'll continue. Yeah, I thought both keepers were very good in this game. Actually, um, yeah, Jay, they were. Jay and Lee Camp. There's yeah, a few, and a few good keepers this weekend. I think they got. Uh, I think as well. I think uh, they both got a little bit of luck as well with the post. The post helped both keepers yeah. out this weekend. But you know, what I mean, sometimes you earn a little bit of luck. You know, what I mean, we've been quite critical on goalkeepers uh, this year, and rightly so. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, there's been uh, there's been a couple of uh, oh, quite a few displays this weekend who, who, who really impressed me, and they'll go yeah, to a, one of them. Um, problem with Birmingham, I think they may have is that I don't know if they've got. Um, the funds to strengthen in January. Um, well, no, I, I, think think... Lo- I think they'll lose players as well, Si. I, I do. I think yeah. they'll lose. And, you know what I mean? Will will they be able to strengthen with the money that they bring in? Or will they be able to keep players and strengthen? You know, it's impossible because, they, like you say, they haven't got the funds. And You know what I mean? And, and if they're not in and around the playoffs, who's going to sign for them? Because it's about ambition as well. And, you know what I mean? A, a Birmingham City final probably happy with 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 where they are now and and and, and what the season looks like so far and and rightly well, so. You know what I mean? Because if 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 I could if I could take Birmingham's position right now, I'd I'd take it. Yeah, go on, John. Well, the thing is, mate. At the start of the season, I think we tipped them for relegation, so we're on fire again. Yep. But yep. Uh, also, you know, their fans realistically probably thought they were going to be, you know, looking at a season battling relegation. So it's it's one of them, and it. Like, I'm sure now they would take a comfortable, you know, finish 11th, 12th, not in a relegation battle, nice, comfortable season, and then try and build yeah. on it. Yeah. But then equally, if you get a couple of decent loan signings in January and hold on to your young players till at least the end of the season, you could get in the playoffs. And oh, you've got to check. Well, you've got, I think it's all the, the, the playoffs is a lottery, you know what I mean? And uh, a packed out St Andrews, you know what I mean? On a. On a Sunday afternoon, you know what I mean. It's it's not a very nice place to go to, you know what I mean. So it, it could be anybody's, and you know what I mean. There's always teams we, we've spoke about this start of the season, side about about who we fancy to go up, go down, get in the playoffs. I was surprised of the season. Birmingham are up there at the minute with the surprises, but but the but the players that they've got and the young players who are performing, how can I, how can I be surprised? Because I've watched these players live a couple of times now, and and they're impressing me more and more and more. And you know what I mean. Part of me hopes they do stay and they see the season out because. They need to play football regularly because if they go to the Premier League side, they sit on the bench, etc. And I don't think it's good for a football de- footballer's development. Um, but then part of me thinks these players should be performing and having their platform at the best, highest level and playing with the best possible players. So, you know what I mean? I'm in a quandary at the minute with, with, with the situation. And as a player, sometimes you you want to go and win something or go and play with the best players and, and go in the Champions League and, 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 and play at Old Trafford or... You know what I mean? So it's 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 a difficult one sometimes, but I hope Birmingham can can carry on the form because uh, it'd be a shame if uh, if they did lose a player or two and and end up plummeting down the league because it wouldn't be wouldn't really be fair. Yeah, I think just finishing off on that now, uh, Belling. Let's use Bellingham as the example. Obviously, he's sixteen, seventeen. If, in my opinion, he should stay at Birmingham for two years, two more years till he's nineteen, and he'll have. 60, 70, 80 games at championship level under his belt. Yeah. Now, the other option is obviously is if a, a perceived bigger club in the championship come in for him, then all right, yeah, I can kind of see, okay, go with that because you're still going to be playing week in, week out. Yeah. But, and even if it's a big club like you, you know, United, Tottenham, someone like that who like to bring in or looking to bring in like young English players, 
it's not the right time for him to go there at 16. No, he's no, playing first-team football now. You go yeah. to Man United, he's going to be in the youth team or the under-21s. Yeah. Or you go to Tottenham, they're going to loan him back. But, you know, all right, might be great. But don't yeah. loan him back. Stay there for two years and really hone your craft. Yeah. Well, the thing is, also, your head can be turned a little bit because I remember it happened to... Um... It happened originally to Deli Ali. So Deli Ali was at uh, MK Dons. He signed for Spurs, but got loaned back to MK Dons. And already in your head, you're you're a little bit starstruck because yeah. you you're not you're not a, an MK Dons player anymore. You're a Premier League player. You know what I mean? Straight away, there's more expectation on you. You know what I mean? That you, do you really want to be there anymore? Do you really want to be there? You know what I mean? Jude Bellingham's played ten games in the Championship. He's sixteen years old. He scored two goals in the Championship. He's 16 years old. You know what I mean? By the end of the season, he's going to be played 25 games plus in the in the championship plus FA Cup games potentially. Um, you know what I mean? He could have scored five, six, seven goals, maybe double figures if he has a really good um, end to the season or good Christmas, or he gets a couple, bags a couple of goals. And you know what I mean? And 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 already there'll be scouts watching him play 100%. But you know what I mean? Like you say, there you've got to be fair to the boy. And give him an opportunity to to play football because, you know, what I mean, the amount of players who I'm playing is just is is rubbish. And you know what I mean. If and I, and I know his his dad's a an ex professional football, an ex semi professional footballer who who played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games. So hopefully he has a he has a big input in his in his son's uh, his son's career. Yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? That it's um, like you know, obviously he's got experience with it, so you'd like to think he'd give him some top advice having been there and and experienced it you know himself and stuff um so next up we got preston north end the relegation tipped by andy campbell three and uh blackburn rovers two um embarrassing you, mate. Well, embarrassing you. well first half there were there were relegation forms so i was quite uh, i was correct because um you know they started horrendous they started shocking um, they were 1-0 down after a minute um, and well I think it was less than a minute to be fair it was seconds uh, and it was um, I was a little bit disappointed with this because Gallagher hadn't scored a goal in I think he hasn't scored in something like 12 games and and it was an excellent header it's on target it's a, it's a half decent I think it was a little bit of a fingertip save by the goalkeeper hits the post hits the keeper on the back of the head or the, or the back and um, and goes in and I was a little bit like a little bit disappointed for him you know what I mean the way because I thought you know, what's the chance of that happening? And then his, his second, his, well, his first goal, um, when he, he cut in on the right-hand side, cut inside on his left foot and just bent it beautifully past, uh, past Rudd. And I thought it was absolutely outstanding. And um, to be honest, I didn't see I didn't see them getting back into it. Local derby and all local derby, I, did, I, I certainly didn't see that happening because um, regardless of how well Preston have done, I thought the season soon has got to, has got to change and, the, and, and, the, and to go back to the, the Preston of... of of old or letting goals in and you know what I mean and, and not not scoring many goals and but they turned it around turned it around excellently they got um, they got themselves back in just after half time with a with a header by uh, Barkison um, after after a cutback by Maguire and then um, and then Johnson got a penalty which was absolutely blatant and I'm surprised um, it wasn't a red card to be fair because he he's pulled him back and disgusting for me, it's it's it's, it's it, I, I, I thought the rule was uh, was if you if you, if it's a professional foul it was a red card and then I thought 
that you don't get punished twice or it's not. But then sometimes you get, I'm seeing teams getting red cards for professional fouls, goalkeepers getting red cards, and but then he doesn't get punished. So I'm just I'm confused with the whole thing, um, basically. Um, um, but he took the penalty away again. I don't know how many how many how many penalties he scored this penalty. season, Johnson. He would, but I think that's at least four or five. And you know, what I mean, he's making a, a name for himself in the spot. Um, and then Barkerson scored it with an absolute wonder goal from the left hand side, cutting. Benton in top top corner and a fitting way to win any game, but a derby is um, is is even better. Yeah, it, uh, you, uh, Barkhausen was exceptional all game. Um, just he just gives them something different. Obviously, Preston were very poor in the first half. They, um, but Blackburn, I think, give them credit, were good as well. You know, um, that that open goal, that opening goal, so quickly into the game, obviously, has set the tone. And I think it took him a while to, uh, you know, to get going again. Um, and from what Alex Neal said, he gave him a bit of a, a rock yeah, in seen, half time. I've seen that interview. You know what I mean? He's a kind of player, kind of manager who um, who goes down the route of um, uh, hair dryer treatment. And you know what I mean? But things like it's a derby game. You know what I mean? You 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 two nil down at home to Blackburn Rovers. You know what I mean? You're not playing Man United. You're not playing a you're not playing a side who's going to be who's going to be potentially up there. You know what I mean? That 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 Tony Mowbray, he changes his his, his squad a little bit. He, he has Stewie Downing on the bench. He made a couple of changes, um, and he went for a little bit more of a a, a rugged um, formation with a with a few ball winners to to go, to try and win a derby. And you know what I mean? His tactics look spot on first half, but second half Preston just just turned up to a. A, a different, um, just a different gear, and you know, what I mean, got themselves back into it, and then they finished off like a train. And Blackburn just couldn't couldn't cope in the end, and you know, what I mean, three two probably should have been four two, but you know, what I mean, Preston are flying second in the league, and they're certainly proving us proving us wrong. But not just us, I think. Sorry, si. I think I think every single football fan in the championship would never ever have picked Preston to be in the top ten, never mind the top six or two. No, you're right, and um, I will say, <clears throat> as good as Preston were in the second half. I thought Blackburn made it easy for him. Um, the first goal, I don't know what the keeper was doing, um, but it was, you know, he was all over the shop. Um, yeah, but he, I think he thought it was going to go for a goal kick. Yeah, I think I think he thought it was going to go for a goal kick, and then the lads headed it back, and then it's great. Gone header, in and thought, yeah, and I thought it was a great penalty, but I thought. You know what I mean? I thought even even just communication um, for the defender. You know what I mean? Did he have to pull him back? You know what I mean? For me, he's, he's potentially going away from goal. You know what I mean? Or just tell him to send him away. Shouldn't have been just... in that position though, should he? Yeah. Um, well, he, he's, let the, he's let the ball run as well. It's poor, awful defending, awful defending. But you know what I mean? But then he's tried to resurrect it by by pulling him back. But he's well, the first defender instead of trying to like it bounces sort of waist height. So instead of just clearing it over his head as far as he can get it, he kind of like dangles a foot and he just knocks it back like a yard, yeah. which gives the striker a sniff. So he accelerates and then the def- the other central defender's got a decision to make. He's got to either pull him down or he's got to risk, you know, the boy getting there quickly and knocking yeah. it in. He was yeah. going away from goal. But you know, I think most defenders would have probably done the similar. He just didn't do it very... Uh, Tactfully, yes, yeah. Instead of just having a hold and then letting go, he's he's, he's had a hold and then got a bigger hold, and by then the lad's going to go down. He's got, he's got every right to go down. Every right to go down. Yeah, and it should have been a red match. Should have been a red. Yeah. Um, 
I think if Preston can sort their defence out in terms of keeping clean sheets regular, they could be in with a, a real chance of going up. Because yeah. well, I watched my Middlesbrough side. I, I watched my Middlesbrough, forward. and I was um, I, I looked at the team, and I and I thought, do you know what? There's not one player in that side who, who's who's a world beater. But put them all together on a piece of paper, they're a good side. You know what I mean? The deep deal's a hard place to go to. They're creating chances, they're scoring goals, and and this is and they're continuing this by the way. And then away from home, they seem to be picking results up. Probably not wins, but points. And a point away and a win at home, that's championship winning form. Absolute championship winning form, and you know what I mean. The league tables don't lie, Sai. You know what I mean. Regardless of what 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 our predictions were and what people say, league tables do not lie, and they are where they are because they deserve to be where they are. They're scoring goal after goal, they're creating chances. You know what I mean. And and they're not normally letting goals in. You know what I mean. They let a couple in on sat on on Saturday Saturday afternoon, and and and, and you know what I mean. Alex Neil won't be won't be, won't be happy with it one little bit, but. You know what I mean? He knows he's got goals in that team, and and he knows if he can uh, if he can not let as many goals in at, in his own end, he's, they're going to cause a lot of teams problems because of the way they play. You know what I mean? They've got pace with Maguire, um, got Johnson who's got pace to burn. You know what I mean? Good set pieces. You've got Gallagher who free kicks corners. He's setting goals up. You know what I mean? Scores goals. Uh, and then you got um, you got the lad who scored two two goals back has and who's 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 who's, who's on fire from the weekend and scoring goals as well. So, you know what I mean? It's People are chipping in at the right time for games and, and getting pressed and right where they want to be. Yeah, I, Daniel J, uh, Daniel James. Daniel uh, Johnson, I Johnson. think, was excellent again. He's been really good all, uh, yeah, consistent, you know, all yeah. season. Next up, we've got uh, the South Wales derby. Swansea won, Cardiff City nil. Um, after I think after all the excitement, mate, I thought it was a little bit of a, just a little bit of a dead rubber for me. You know what I mean? Uh, there was just, I, I talk about tempo. You know what I mean? And um, I, I've never played in a, um, a South Wales derby. You know what I mean? They're probably the closest game for um, for a South Wales derby um, or a proper hatred game for me for, for when I played for Cardiff was against Leeds United. You know what I mean? So straight away that that. The tactic from the manager is win your first tackle. It's going to be a war. You know what I mean. So for the first 10-15 minutes, you know that you're not going to have any time on the ball. It's going to be a little bit of a a mismatch. You know what I mean. And but you're going to get stuck in. You're going to try and win your battles. And if you can get an early goal, you can it'll calm the crowd down or get everybody going. Or and I just didn't see that happening. You know what I mean. I thought to be. I was just I was just a little bit little bit let down. There was there wasn't any tempo there. I was. I looked at the team and I was obviously disappointed with with uh, with people missing from from previous games and you know what I mean people injured and you can't that can't be helped but you know what I mean I, I looked at the I looked at the team and you know what I mean for me it was probably the tactics and the and the, and the, and the, the tactics in the side probably wasn't right for me personally you know what I mean and I, and, and and I'm not I'm not here to, to criticise um, Neil Warnock who. Um, who's a who's an excellent manager and, and you know what I mean he was being promoted more times than, than than people have had hot dinners but you know what I mean for me um, the, I, I would have put Bakuna in there you know what I mean and, and, and solely because of the way that he plays and he, and he gets stuck in I know what happened um, last weekend about him that he brought him off early but for me you know what I mean even, even, a, even a Vokes you know what I mean because I looked at the kind of game it was, and you know what I mean. He knows more than anybody 
what kind of game it is within being within being Welsh. You know what I mean? And and sometimes you've got to take that into account. And you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a I'm a big um, I'm a big Marlon Pack fan. I am massive. I'm a massive fan. I think he's I think he's an excellent addition. But he's uh, his derby will probably be Bristol City Cardiff. Do you know what I mean? And that's not me being disrespectful to him. You know what I mean? And say he didn't put a shift in because in there you haven't got a choice by putting a shift in. But I think sometimes when you're not from the area and you don't know the heritage or you don't know the the, the kind of game it is, sometimes you get lost in the moment or the game just passes you by. And I think that's when I was watching the game, I, I just couldn't keep my eye off the clock as well. That 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 the, the game is just passing by and looking again. Geez, we played thirty minutes. We've, you know what I mean? Oh, geez, we're it's half time. We're getting beat one nil. You know, we've got forty five minutes left, and there was just zero quality. There was, you know what I mean? Defensively, they looked all over the place at times. You know what I mean? Midfield, there was no, no public consistency, no continuity. You know what I mean? How wide we spoke about about how strong they are out wide side, you know what I mean, about who the who he plays, does he play White, does he play Mendes Lang, does he play Junior Hoylet, does he play Murphy? And I'm just naming four players there who could play in the Premier League and and, and there was nothing from any from, from from anyone who played in the wide areas. And if you don't get anything from the wide areas at times, you're never gonna score goals and you know what I mean? And it, it, it was such a such a disheartening display, you know what I mean? And and the players will be hurting, you know what I mean? But for me, and, we, and you spoke about it at the start of the show, they weren't hurting enough to then go out and sit and say, say sorry to the supporters. And, and I think that's sometimes that's a that's a that's a that's another story for itself as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I've got a few things to say. It might surprise you to know. The, um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually. So, <laughs> what I, what's the point in having this big centre forward, Glatzel, a print, if you give him nothing to work with but scraps? Yes, yeah. I thought he could have worked harder. Yes, I thought he could have run the channels a bit or just given a bit more. But we had nothing coming in from crosses wide. We've got four, like you just named, four good wingers, four top championship wingers who on their day can play in the Premier League. Easily. Easily. The problem for all four is they're not consistent enough. Yeah. And particularly a couple of them, they just don't seem to be able to put it off in the big games. Yeah. Now, Swansea didn't come into this on fire. They've been oh, struggling. struggling. They, got, they, got, they got beaten heavily on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night by, by Brentford 3-0. And, you know what I mean, it could have been, it could have been a lot more, by the way. You know what I mean? So, I, I fully expected Cardiff to, to get into them from the first minute. You know what I mean? And, 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 and just, just, just to compile the misery on Swansea City. But it just, just didn't happen. I'll go back to your point there, Cyborg Glatzel. Uh, and I think, with him, with him being a better player than Zahar, you know what I mean, and and we're still playing. There's there's a there's a hard tactic of getting the ball. He's not used to it, I don't think. You know what I mean. He's used to a cultured ball. He can get hold of it. He can bring mm. people into into play. He can he can he can he can play off shoulders. He can he can run into the channels. But he needs that ten. He needs that players. He needs those players in around him. You know what I mean. If you're smashing balls up to him, he's not going to enjoy it. He's going to get frustrated. I think he's he's, he's certainly getting. He certainly looks like he was getting annoyed on Sunday afternoon. Um, when he's feeding on scraps, like you say, and you know what I mean. Whereas I think Zahar expected it and and thrived on the, on that kind of service because he didn't have the ability that that Glatzel has. Um, but the tactics, these tactics have got to, they've, they've, It's not like it's not like we're they're not training every day and they, and they haven't worked on something all week. We've had international breaks where they've, they've had opportunities to work for weeks and weeks and weeks on on these certain things. And you know what I mean. These it's just not coming together at the minute and. Um, you know what I mean, and 
there was I'll name the two sides now. We're on about Cardiff City and Fulham. The two sides that I think I named certainly to be in the top two, if not the top three. I couldn't be further away from the truth in for the truth at the minute because the big the big players and and the, and the players who I was expecting to come to the show week in week out are just not doing it as consistent as I expected them to in the championship and and I don't know if that's are they waiting for a um, a move in, in in January to get back to the Premier League or are they just underperforming I just I, I'm just I just don't know at the minute yeah I I have um, in all my I'm 30, 38. A couple I, thought of weeks. Forgot, I thought you forgot how old you were there. Yeah, I'm 38 in a couple of weeks. Okay. And I cannot not remember seeing a Neil Warnock side be this disorganised defensively ever. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, worse sides than this as well. Like yeah. from a talent and quality point of view, yeah. they look all over the shop, mate, at the point. Yeah. Well, well, they were better, well, better in the second half, but the first half, yeah. all over the place. Yeah, but players wise, Sai. Yeah, players wise. You know what I mean? He's 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 probably working with the best set of defenders he's ever worked with in his career. And they look all over the place. You know what I mean? He's like you just said there, he's had he's had less players to work with when he took over. You know what I mean? The players he had to work with, you know what I mean, weren't half as good as he are now. Even the players who were, who were there then when he had them weren't half the players that they are now. You know what I mean? So you know what I mean? So his his recruitment's been excellent, but the the play either the players are massively letting him down, which I, th- I think is happening. You know what I mean? And, and, but I, I'll go back to what I said at the start of the season. I was concerned when he came out and said that he was leaving at the, the end of the season. I think massively concerned. And it's given people, the football club, an excuse to underperform this year because if they do well, if they do well, then everyone will say oh, we've done it for the manager. He was leaving. It was always going to happen. It was in. It was. In, it was written in the stars. And if yeah. they don't do well, well, it's because the manager. It's because the manager said he was leaving. It gives everybody a little a, 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 way, a, way, to, uh, a way to cop out, and and I, I, can't, I can't buy. I can't buy into that because it's a waste of a season. It's a waste of a year, and uh, that football club needs to be back, back in the Premier League. But it's, it needs to be back in the playoffs to have an opportunity to get back in that Premier League because. Uh, you know what I mean? I look at the way that the, 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 the league's shaping out and some of the sides that are up there. Some of the ones that are surprising me, but there's still a, a few of the teams who I thought would be up there who, who, who are starting to go on half-decent runs or, 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 or for me, will 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 pick up a little bit. And uh, But Cardiff need to do it. They need to do it and they need to do it very fast. We, but we tie, you can go back and you can re, re-watch probably the last five, six shows. I've said that for the last five weeks now. And I'm, I'm probably getting bored of saying it because... You know what I mean? The the, yeah. the gap's going the gap's going to be too big. Um, you know what I mean? And 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 then you've got January coming around the, around the corner, and will people snaffle players and 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 turn heads like Bobby Reed got turned? Or you know you know this this, this would Bobby would Bobby Reed have made an impact on on uh, on Sunday afternoon? Hundred percent, well million percent. I think he would have. He would have. You know what I mean? He's direct. He's got pace. You know what I mean, and 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 for me, I think we've missed a little bit of a trick. But if the play, if the players doesn't want doesn't want to be there, you, you, listen, it's 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 best if you leave. But then what happens if that happens on 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 January the first, and five or six players want to leave? What do we do? What do we say then? Do we say goodbye so, to all to all them lot as well? So here's my point with Bobby Reed. All right, he wants to go. He's homesick or whatever. He wants to go back to London. Wicked, great. Good luck to him. That's fine. But he's only allowed to leave. When they've signed someone, if they can't yeah. sign anyone to replace him, tough. Yeah. tough. You've got to stay till January, mate. Sorry, you yeah. put a shift in because 
the one thing or the one of the main things Cardiff are lacking is creativity and pace. Yeah. Bobby Reed. Now I'm not saying he's the answer to everything. We haven't got a number ten. Mm. Who can and the formation that Nick Warnock is playing needs a number ten. Yeah. Without a number ten, they is so disjointed because you've got Joe Rawls, Pack and Bakuna in midfield. Bakuna and Pack can win the ball and Joe Rawls can pick a pass. But he's got no one to pass to. Because yeah. the wingers are underperforming, the strikers isolated, and there's no one linking it all together, creating yeah. angles, creating little through balls through behind the fullback or inside the centre back. There's nothing. There's no creativity there. So but I think we're easy marks that as well, though. I think we're I think we're easy marks because at the minute Static. all you've got to do all you've got to do is 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 go tight to the wingers. You know what I mean? Because like you say, they've got no they've got no ten. And if you if you double up on the centre forward, you know what I mean? If the ball's over coming up at the top, let him flick it on. You know, we win yep. the ball back straight away. Or we send him back to where he wasn't doesn't want to go because there's no runner going in behind us. So you know what I mean? At the minute, it's it's criminal really. You know what I mean? For me, I I, I, I would have liked to say to see something just 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 off the cuff. You know what I mean? Let's go let's go four four two. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's let's do something out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? And and go go Bogle and um, uh, and Gratzel up front. You know what I mean? And 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 plant the ball forward and, and play off scraps and 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 at high press and put balls in the box from full-backs, from wide men, from wingers and 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 let's see. Let's, let's give the centre forwards exactly what they want. You know what I mean? But I don't well, know. We've we just been talking about this for five minutes or so. More than that. We haven't mentioned Danny Ward once. And yeah, you know, know why? Because he haven't, did not do anything. And yeah, it's not me slagging him off saying he was like dreadful. He didn't do anything. He didn't no. contribute. He didn't get on the ball. He no. didn't move off the ball. He was non-existent. Yeah, and that's the first thing, the first time this season. I think I think I, I think we're saying that though. He's been yeah. he's been outstanding. He's been this one season. of the few shining lights. He's, he's been outstanding this season. You know what I mean? But the one game that that the fans needed him to perform, the manager needed him him to perform was was Sunday lunchtime. And, you know what I mean? And it was just the thing is, oh, it's not a one man team. You know, it's not Danny Ward, Danny Ward's fault that we got beat. No, no, no. Um, you know, but it's it's the big name players have to put a shift in and. And 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 bring their A game to 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 these big games. You know what I mean? Because when they play Leeds United, when they play Swansea City, when they play Bristol City, when they play West Bromwich Albion, you know these are the games that you want to play in. These are the games that you you know what I mean. You want to run through a brick wall for your manager, for for each other, for the fans, and you know what I mean. And that's that's five teams I've just named there. That's ten games. That's 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 nearly a quarter of your season. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And then and then you've and then. You've still got all the bigger games, you know what I mean? Because there's a few surprises, and you've—it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's criminal, you know what I mean? But they need to do it quickly, mate, because they can't. Uh, you know what I mean? What, we've had 13, 13 games. You know what I mean? It's—you can't, can't. We can't keep saying the same thing again and again and again because by the time we know it, it's going to be Christmas, and by then the league certainly will be will be shaped in a, in a, in a way that you either playing catch up to a West Brom, to a Leeds, to a. A Sheffield Wednesday or a Preston North End or Bristol City, even you know what I mean, and, and a Swansea City, even, and yeah, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. They, um, so I'll just finish off on Cardiff by saying or making two points. Uh, number one, at the start of the show, when I mentioned fans and players going to see him, I stuck up for Sean Morrison. I said he kept the score down almost single handedly, and he did. Yeah. He made three, three last minute blocks, last ditch tackles. 
However, this season he's not been good enough. Yeah. Simple as that. He has not been too slow, too slow on the ball, too slow off the ball, too slow turning, just not good enough. If we're going to play Aidan Flint as one of the centre backs, he needs someone with a bit of pace next to him. Yeah. Um, whether that's Bamba, I don't know. I'm still not 100% sure that he is the answer to that problem. However, at the moment, he is because they haven't got really anyone else who can do it unless they move one of the fullbacks in or they put Baguna, Bakuna there, which is a risk. Um, secondly, Cav City should not be in this problem, in this, in this position from a tactical and squad point of view and personnel point of view with the size of the club, the amount of money they had to spend and the transfer window. You know, they, they were relegated last day of the season or the last couple of games of the season. They knew they were going down, should have been prepared. They had six weeks of summer or whatever it is, seven weeks summer to prepare. They didn't prepare. Yes, they yeah. brought in Pack, great signing. Flint, good signing. Yeah. Didn't sign a striker till the very last minute. Yeah. And the striker they've signed, I would argue, is not necessarily uh, a new player because he's basically a replacement for Zahor. Yeah. They haven't signed like a new pl- a new striker, a new yeah. number 10 or a new attacker. They didn't replace Bobby Reid. They brought in Gavin White, who I think has been pretty good. Yeah. But they, they, they haven't strengthened. They needed a midfielder. Why haven't they signed Joe Ledley? Because Joe Ledley will do a job yeah. and he'll probably give more for the Cardiff City badge than those players on Sunday did. Why isn't Volks playing? Yeah. These are personnel things which either weren't addressed in the transfer window or the manager is refusing to address now. That's a problem yeah. because the fans are going to turn and if the fans turn, it becomes a huge problem because then you've got this thing where the fans and the team are not play, are not pulling in the same direction. Yep. And Cardiff have been there, done that. They need the fans to be on side. And uh, as we'll discuss later in the show, because there's about 75 questions about it, I'm not 100% sure whether they should let Warnock see out the rest of the season as manager. Not saying he should leave completely, but yeah. something, something needs to be addressed quickly. Yeah. Not just because of this game, because it's been, this has been going on now for months. Um, Swansea, right, as well, though, isn't he? Uh, Swansea deserved to win. You know, I'll finish, I'll finish off with that. And uh, I thought they were, I thought they were excellent. You know what I mean? I was, I was concerned to watch them after the way that they've been playing recently. You know what I mean? And I thought it was Cardiff City's day because they were, they were down on the look, down on the confidence. But these kind of games. It's a turning point, you know what I mean? And you spoke about it last week about, about turning points in season and I said and I picked the Brentford game out and I said that they'll turn on, on, on Tuesday night. They didn't. They got absolutely walloped at home. And then they turn it around in a game that I probably didn't expect them to. And you know, I mean good luck to them fair play because you know what I mean, that that you look at the the really bad run they've been on. Um and they've been on the shocker. And then you looked at they've they've won what? They've won one game the fourth in the league and they've won one game in the last five. So, you know what I mean? It shows how well they started the season. So, you know what I mean? It's not all doom and gloom for Cardiff, you know what I mean? 14th in the league, but they need to pick up quickly because, you know I mean? The gap's only, what, six points to the to the playoffs, but at six points if you win the games and other teams lose, you know what I mean? But if you continue to drop points and in big in big games or, or games you expected to win, it's 9, 12, 15, 18, 21 and, and uh, people can't afford to do that. 
Yeah, I thought Wayne Routledge was excellent. I thought he yeah, was in a he really was, good yeah. game, and it just thought... reminded me how much I wanted him at Cardiff when he nearly yeah. signed and he went to Swansea instead. Yeah. Um, I also thought Ayo was very, Ayo, very good. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah. Led, led and the I... line, and 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 I think and I think that's the point about Grassel. You know what I mean? That that they give uh, Ayo the balls and the and he got the balls in the areas that he wanted, and he caused those problems. Well, what he, he got did, all he the ran ball, channels, he ran them. Yeah, well, he did, but that's but he but, but to put the balls in the in the channels for yeah. him. Yeah, you know what I mean. If if you don't put the ball in the channel, you can't run onto it. Gretzel can't yeah. run onto it. Gretzel's flicking balls on in the air where he wants to run the balls in the channel, but he's he's only doing what the manager's telling him to do. Yeah. I know that sounds stupid, is, doesn't it? But but that's yeah. the problem, isn't it? It's, yeah, maybe the tactics are wrong. They're not playing to the players they've got. We did, I think we discussed this off air rather than on air, but so. What we were saying is basically Cardiff don't have the players to play the type of football they're trying to play. They're trying to play this sort of possession-based football built in from the back, whereas the players they've got are more direct, play it up to the striker, play it down the sides, play with wide players, and then play off that. The midfielders, they've got are ball winners and aggressive, usually, uh, rather than technically gifted, other than Joe Rolls, you'd say. Um, they're not playing to the personnel they've got, which goes back to the personnel thing I'm saying. But also, they're not playing like a Warnock team. They're not defending like they did. You know, how many 1 0 wins did they get when they got promoted? Oh, um, look. Well, it was a record, like it was, it was a record wasn't it? It was a, it was a record. You know, I mean, Nathan Edridge, he looked, oh, he was a world beater, wasn't he? Because he was keeping clean sheets after clean sheets and he wasn't pulling off as many saves. He's never been so busy since he's come back in goal. And that's that's my concern. And he's also making saves as well, and he's letting goals in. So you know, I mean, this is the this is a concerning thing for me now because we're on paper we, we're we're defensively strong midfield, uh, back four, back five, whichever the manager decides to do. But offensively, we're not helping the defence out because we're not keeping the ball up there as as long as we need, and it's causing us it's causing us big problems. Yeah. Uh, last thing I say is uh, I thought Swan two Swansea centre backs I thought were absolutely outstanding. Oh yeah, the super. whole game, super yeah. Man yeah. Mountains all above for them yeah. yeah so next, horrible. next up uh, we'll move to the other games. We got uh, Huddersfield two Barnsley one. Um, well, I'll start by saying mate, what a, what a job uh, the Cowley brothers are doing. Do you know what I mean? I was. Uh, I've made no secret, you know what I mean. I, I wanted to see those two brothers in the Middlesbrough when um, when Middlesbrough didn't have a manager, and I was so disappointed that they didn't get that opportunity. But do you know what? They took the time in identifying what was wrong, um, and now they're on what a six-game unbeaten. They got the the, the run beaten all the way through October, um, and do you know what? I, I'm absolutely buzzing for them because you know what I mean. I, we we said that how how concerned we both were about um, they were falling like a stone. They were letting goal in after goal. It was quite embarrassing, really. You know what I mean? They weren't scoring goals, and the goals they were scoring were, were fluke goals, and they were all over the place. And um, and I saw them against uh, the highlights against against Barnsley, and they were creating chance after chance. Scored two um, very good goals. Could have been four, five, and six easily, easily. Um, Barnsley missed some absolute sitters again. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm 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 really worried for them. Um, you know, I mean, I have been for a few weeks, and they're missing some sitters. They're shipping so many goals, um, and just chances. You know what I mean? I know, I know. When you're two-one down, you've got to go, uh, you've got to go and attack and, and try and get back in the game. But they just look so open, and every time teams attack against them, they just look like they're gonna they're gonna give, give a goal away. And they just, it's just, it must be, it must be heart and mouth time every time the attacking team gets a ball for a Barnsley fan because they just look 
all over the place. They 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 um they create some chances, though, don't they, Barnsley? They do, and some some of the easy ones, and you know what I mean. Um, last week I was uh, I was really critical about about some of the chances they missed, and it was the same again today, same again at the weekend. You know what I mean? And you can't afford to miss these kind of chances at one 0 down because a big opportunity to get back in the game. Goals change games, and and you can't afford to um, to give teams of, of of Huddersfield because. Regardless of the league table, league tables don't lie, I get that. But the manager's come in now and he's changed that whole football club around in a, in a space of six weeks, eight weeks. Um, and, um, and, and he's got them, out, he's got them off the bat, uh, out of the bottom three, which I thought was an impossibility the way they were playing at the start of the season. You know what I mean? We, we spoke about Stoke City being uh, underachieving, you know what I mean? And, and probably being the team that I expected to get out there first. And... Um, and I can't see Huddersfield going back in it. I'll be honest, I can't. You know, I, mean, I can see them going up the table, and I don't know how far up the table they'll they'll, they'll end up getting. But uh, but certainly the they deserve to win on Saturday, and and, um, and I think they'll uh, they'll continue to uh, pick some vital points up and go unbeaten as long as they can, because that's obviously the manager's the manager's plan to to stay unbeaten and uh, you know what I mean six all the way through October and can he go through November? Same thing, you know what I mean. So manager month for me this month's got to be. Got to be Danny Cowley because of uh, the way he's turned around that football club. Yeah, absolutely. They um, they haven't lost for six games. They've taken eleven from fifteen in October. Eleven points from fifteen in October is, you know, one away from a perfect record. Yeah, um, well, I watched them. I watched them against Middlesbrough through the week as well, and it was a dreadful game. You know, I mean, it massively, lacked, massively lacked quality. But the way he set up, he set up that he knew Middlesbrough weren't going to beat them. You know what I mean? He had chances, of course, he did. You know, I mean, they could have won the game. Middlesbrough could have won the game on another day than Mr. Sitter. But you, you could just you could just feel that Huddersfield weren't going to lose the game. The longer the game was going to go, I thought the Huddersfield would have probably won it. But uh, I'm glad they didn't. You know, I mean, got a point in the board for Middlesbrough. But uh, but I was I was really impressed with the with with just just the tactics of Danny Cowley and how he um, how he's how he's just turned it around. You know what I mean? How he's changed his players' mentality. It's just fantastic. So. You know what I mean? I'm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how long this can continue for. See if it can. Yeah, I think I said last week that um, I think Barnsley, if they can get a proven goal scorer in, I think they'll be all right because they are creating chances. They're playing quite well, yeah. but they just shipping goals. They it's almost like they need like one centre back and one striker, and yeah. then you they may kind of all come together. But they yeah. just miss so many chances, and they they always concede. It just costs money, side unfortunately as well. Though you know, what I mean, who's gonna who's gonna in January potentially they're going to be bottom of the league like they are. Uh, who's going to sign for Barnsley, bottom of the league on the uh, with the carrot of keeping us in the championship and being a League One player next season? It's a it's a difficult ask. You know what I mean? Or well, their best what, option I... is getting a young player, getting a young player yeah. on loan from a from a Premier League club and. But then the expectation on the on a on a young boy's shoulders will be to get relegated. Is you know what I mean? It's, teams sometimes wouldn't put young players in that situation and, and put that put that burden on a, on their shoulders. So it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, difficult as a, one. well, I put it this way: as a Cardiff fan, I would swap Jacob Brown for Sean Morrison in yeah. a swap deal. I like Jacob Brown. He's got a really good goal as well for Barnsley, and yeah, I think he, he could be playoff glats, playoff Glatzel. Yeah, tidy. But there we go. Good if uh, if Sean wants a, a fresh start after his weekend, um, next up, hole two, Derby nil, Derby, Derby, Derby. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think I think the story of the season, mate, is is you just don't know which Derby County's going to turn up, and um, and I think uh, Philip Koku is I think he's on a he's on a knife edge at the minute. I think uh, obviously with the intimate the uh, arrival of Wayne Rooney, I think he's going to put even more pressure on him, um, and um, I, I think his days could be numbered to be fair because he, Hull's not really a, a place to go where you. Where you're not expecting to go and pick a victory up, you know they, they had enough chances. Lawrence had a couple of really good chances, which which he should have scored. He should have done a little bit better. But defensively, they look absolutely all over the place. And you know, I, mean, I don't know if he's asking them to play in a certain way, which the players aren't comfortable with, or playing out from the back and overplaying. But you know, what I mean, Hull just got the tactics spot on. They've, they put the ball over the top to Jared Bowen. Um, they got the ball out wide. They put crosses in the box and. You know, I mean, Bowen scored himself two very good goals, and, and on another day, he probably could have, or probably should have got his hat trick. And you know, what I mean, he's having a very good season, and um, and and there's no way in the world uh, he he will be at that football club in January. And if he is, then Hull City have offered him a offered him a very, very, very good deal and a, a new contract because you know, what I mean, the boy is just ripping the championship up week in week out. He's impressing me. You know what I mean? And. Obviously, you, you you knew a lot about him side when we were talking about him at the start of the season, and he's uh, and he's certainly applying himself to every single game, week in week out. He's creating chances, always scoring goals. This is regular now. It's not it's not just a, a one off. Um, he's doing he really well. Forty goals in the last, I think, it's twelve months in How forty old? league league goals. How old is he? Oh, he's early twenties, I think. You know what I mean? So he's he's a baby, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's got an opportunity to. Uh, you know, what I mean, I, I think a Premier League a Premier League move will be too much for him. You know, what I mean, for me, in all honesty, I think a top Championship side to get promoted and to push uh, push them onto another level, I think, would be a perfect move for him. You know, what I mean, and, and playing the Premier League potentially with 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 the side that he helps uh, push up. But I think he's, you know, what um, I mean, I think he's, he's got his title as well. Yeah, he's got to leave. He thinks he knits things together. He doesn't just play as a nine. He he he, he comes off the shoulder. He can play as a ten. He can play. As a three up front, you know what I mean. So, I think, uh, but you said it regular about Cardiff City about about breaking. Twenty two, you know is. what I mean. Twenty twenty two year old. So he's he's streetwise. He knows the league. He's played in that league for a good few years now. And you know what I mean. I think uh, well, he needs to leave. He needs for me. He needs to progress his football career now. I think he's he's done his apprenticeship with Hull City, and, and it's time to time to progress on for himself. And I mean, and then that's my personal opinion. Yeah, so far this season, he's played right wing, left wing, uh, striker, number 10, and he played a false nine on Saturday. So, you know, he's versatile. He can play wherever. And, yeah. and he's know, got what, goals what from anywhere, Sam. Yeah. And what did we just say, Kyle City are lacking? Number yeah. 10, weight wingers, yeah. strikers, yeah. you know, basically any of those positions. Yeah. And, he's and, he, can do, and he can do them all. Yeah. He can do them all, yeah. But, but the, my concern is... Is Neil Warnock's quite stubborn in his ways of uh, when he brings players in that he'll stick them on the bench and you know what I mean there's no point in bringing a player in of his quality and putting him on the bench it's a be a waste no. so you so, know what I mean in that go on no, go on I was just going to say um, Derby I think I said I think it was about two week two episodes back maybe three that I still that if I said in a couple of weeks coming up to Christmas if Derby or a couple of weeks coming up to December if Derby are going to lose a couple of games. The pressure's going to be on. They're going to be struggling just as Wayne Rooney's coming in over yeah. Christmas. And it looks like it's, it's shipping up right to be. It's like they're almost like meeting, aren't they? Yeah. Like, and they don't look like they're getting any better. They'll they'll pick no. up a win and then they'll lose two. 
And it's kind of like, oh, he's going, he's going. And yeah. Rooney's going to take over. And it's perfect timing for him. It's the, it's, the, it's the consistency side for me. You know what I mean? Derby have used to being in the playoffs. And, you know what I mean? They're so far behind in terms of in terms of consistency. Away from home, they'll just, they just look all over the place. At home, Pride Park, you know what I mean? They create chances to score goals. But, you know what I mean? They're going to Hull City there. And, you know what I mean? They're comfortably getting beaten. You know what I mean? Oh, they had a couple of chances. Lawrence probably should have scored. They should have taken the lead. But defensively, they were all over the place. And, you know, I mean, that's not that's not like Derby. No. Especially last season. Last season, they were one of the most consistent sides and, and playing really well. well. So, the last few seasons, I mean? isn't it? Yeah, but, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the, the, the recruitment of the, of, the, of the new manager was was wrong. And, you know what I mean? It was a little bit of a, 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 a big gamble bringing in somebody of, uh, of his stature and the way that he wanted to play and, and not knowing the league, really. Maybe that was the, maybe that's the, that's the downfall. Well, as we've discussed with Middlesbrough, mate, is when you want to change way a team plays at a fundamental level um, and you're completely, completely changing how they approach every game, whether yeah. on the ball, off the ball, tactically, formation, everything, it takes time and it yeah. takes the players buying into it. Because yeah. if they don't buy into it, they kind of, I don't want to say they half ass it, but they, they don't feel comfortable so then yes. it doesn't work. And I feel mm. like that's happening. And I, we're going on to the Middlesbrough game next. I feel like that's kind of happening there a bit as well. Yeah, so let's agree. move on to the Middlesbrough game. It's nil, uh, Middlesbrough nil, Fulham nil. On paper, that to me, looks like a good point. Yeah, but... well, um, yeah, well, the, the, the but. Um, and uh, for me, the, the, the big picture of the game, you know what I mean? Middlesbrough started all right, actually. You know what I mean? In, in, the, first, in the first half, first 15 minutes. Um, created a f- couple of chances uh, and then all of a sudden the goalkeeper gets himself sent off for a deliberate handball outside the box blatant red card for me fully yeah. deserved um, but the problem I've got then is is the negativity of the tactics from the manager um, the way that he Fulham then Scotty Parker got his tactics spot on he sat and he counter-attacked and Middlesbrough just did not have a clue what to do um, he played Paddy Bacnair centre-half um, from the outset and kept him there for the full game apart from the last seven minutes which he moved him f- further forward too late these kind of decisions are, are vital you know what I mean you, you, yes you've got the best centre forward in the league but they didn't have uh, they didn't have any support up to him because um, because of the way the game was going you know what I mean he had a knockout on the, on the bench anyway so for me he had a chance to get some a massive three points. He had a chance to to get them and 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 to beat them, Fulham, and not travelling very well at the minute. You know what I mean? So he had a really good opportunity to pick three points up. And and then you've got the problem I've got, Sai, is 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 the interviews after the game. And I don't know if you've seen Jonathan Woodgate's interview. I haven't, no, no. Um, but he came out with this comment, and the comment summit on the lines of. Um, we were doing okay until until a man got sent off, and then the game was over because. Um, because the, the the goalkeeper got sent off. Well, it's seventeen minutes gone. You've got <laughs> you've got seven, you've got seventy three minutes left. Seventy three minutes left of a football match, and the game's gone. All you had to do was over overcompensate, put another centre forward in. You know what I mean? Attack, attack, attack. Get that goal. If you'd have scored in the first half against against Fulham, they'd have had to come out your second half, and you'd you'd have picked them open again. You'd have probably got your second, your third, and then you then all of a sudden you're four 0 up. The league's rosy. Everyone's really confident, and you're, you're the best manager since sliced bread. But you know what I mean. The, the 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 lack of confidence which I'm watching at that football club at the minute is just is just so disheartening. You know what I mean. There's just nothing there. There's no belief in the in the stands. There's no belief on the bench. There's no belief on the players. There's no leaders. 
uh, and it's quite worrying. You know, that, that they've got themselves in the bottom three. Um, and you know, I said at the start, the league tables don't lie, and everyone knows how, how much of a Middlesbrough fan I am. I love Middlesbrough, I love the club, and you know what I mean? And I've read some rubbish on social media over the weekend about whose fault it is. Um, you know what I mean? And, and the book's got to stop with the manager. And I know the manager went to school with him, but uh, that doesn't mean that I'm not a realist. You know what I mean? I've read some rubbish at the weekend about Steve Gibson's fault. It's the chairman's fault. The chairman bought this football club in about 1986 and it was going bust. We didn't have a ground. We played at Hartlepool United. And people have small memories and decide that, that, that he's, he's now the worst chairman in the world because we're, getting, we're now starting to, to have a few bad results. We've been to a, a European Cup final. We've brought in some of the best football players this Premier League has ever seen. Um, and people have such a, such, such a short memory and it drives me mad um, that, um, that people can start blaming a, a chairman or an owner or a chief executive when it's the players on the pitch who need to take responsibility. You know what I mean? I, I'm, for, I'm all for blaming everybody as a collective, but you can't pick one person out and blame them. Steve Gibson's not missing chances on the Saturday. Steve Gibson, I can't remember him letting a goal in the season. Do you know what I mean? I can't remember mm. him misplacing a pass. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's put money into this football club and built a squad of players which is good enough on paper to be in the, in the top six, seven, eight, nine, ten in the, in the championship easily. And they're massively underachieving and they deserve where they, where, they, where they are in the league. And if they're not careful, they're going to get stuck there and and then I do fear for them because Steve's a businessman and why would he want to continue to plough money into a football club then who's going nowhere? Do you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? To blame him for, for where they are is just downright rude and bang out of order. Fair enough. So, a couple of things I would say. Uh, I do feel overall, not just a Woodgate thing, uh, British coaches overall have a severe reluctance to think outside the box in yeah. real in real time. So, like when the game changes or something happens, in they don't they they've it's almost like they've got these sheets of paper. Or if this happens, we'll do this. If this happens, yeah. we'll do this. They they don't seem to be able to, to to sort of stray from what they've got planned out in their head. So for me, if after twenty minutes, if a half time, right. Fulham have shut up shop. They've closed the game down. This looks like it's a dead game. Right, let's do something different. Let's go three at the back. Let's let's play an extra centre forward. Let's play yeah. let's change the formation completely. Let's do something to to make Fulham have to change. You know, Paddy McNair has been one of the best players going forward this season for Middlesbrough from what I've seen, where he's making runs off the striker from midfield. He's been so, one of the best players been one of the best players in the championship side. So why wouldn't they move him? As soon as that sending off happens, you'd move him into midfield, wouldn't you? Hundred percent. But then, sorry, I think I think you've just you've just you've just said something there quite interesting about uh, about why wouldn't you do this? Do you think it's because uh, coaches? <laughs> load of rubbish ever because yeah, everyone's, do, everyone's, yeah. everyone's, everyone's playing against uh, everyone's playing against each other playing exactly the same formation just cancel each other out you're not trying to win the game you're just trying not to lose the game well the only way to get out of this championship is by winning not about not losing it's about winning and unfortunately you know I mean, Middlesbrough they fell in a trap this season um, along with some other big sides as well by the way of um, of 
of of worrying about other teams instead of other teams worrying about them. Yeah, spot on that is. Um, so just quickly on that, I would say, remember when Mourinho first came to this country? People were in love with him that first couple yeah. of seasons. And yeah. you know, one of the things which really got people to fall in love with him, apart from his off the field, like cheeky chappy stuff when he was happy, was that he would do things like, if things weren't working 20 minutes into a game, he would take someone off tactically and change his formation completely. Yep. Or he would move, I don't know, like he would do things to influence the game. To yeah. change the game, which we'd well, never seen before. Yeah, he'd, he would. He would go for 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 up front and just pin teams back, and you know what I mean. He's not. He wasn't. He, he wasn't scared of losing. Drift. He yeah. wasn't scared of losing. He he wanted to win every game, and he demanded excellence from everybody. And I, I don't see that now. Everyone's yeah. trying to be. Everyone's trying to copy um, the Guardiola's and the Klops, and but you haven't got the players to emulate this. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't look at Liverpool's front three and think. We're going to play like that today because you haven't got Mane, you haven't got Firmino, they haven't got Salah, they haven't got the same ability. So why try and copy players who you just can't do it? It's impossible. Just impossible. No. Too many managers and coaches they let the game drift until yeah. the final ten minutes or the final yeah. five minutes, and I just think, what you you're in charge, your yeah. job's on the line. So yeah. do something, influence the game, yeah. change 100%. the tactics, change the formation. You know, move players around. Make... Why would why would you say why would you why would you uh, feel why would you how good would you be if you lost your job and then you thought oh if only Should I'd uh, you know what I mean well, just just do it if you're gonna lose your job in two weeks three weeks four weeks then lose it by doing the right thing and trying something different and I just well, yeah, here's my thing with him managers they don't get time okay so you know you haven't got time no, they don't. so why not. Do it your way. Do it and try and influence games. Yeah, you know, you know, I probably got two years at the most, even if things go well, because that's the way the game's going. Yeah. So, do something. Yeah, I agree. You know, put your stamp on it. Yeah, I agree. Well, the thing is, it's it's a it's a one off opportunity, isn't it? You know what I mean? Especially in this hometown club, and you know what I mean. Like you say, you know, I think I think a lot of chairmen have looked at the Frank Lampards and the John Terry's and the Steve Gerrards and thought, do you know what? It's gonna it's gonna be a success because it's happened it happened it happened there and it's not that easy. You know what I mean? Some of them are gonna fail and you know what I mean. Unfortunately, it's happening at uh, happening at Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? I hope it, I hope they can turn it around, but the minute they deserve to be where they are and you know what I mean. And fair play to Fulham. I thought Fulham. Um, with with a man with a man with a man down, I thought still should have won it. I thought Mitrovic should have scored with his header, uh, second half, um, especially after his hat trick in the week. But you know, I mean, when you've got players who can change the game like that, you know what I mean. But I, the longer the game, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see Fulham looking like they're going to lose. And you know what I mean. You say there about it's a good good result before the game for Middlesbrough. During the game, it was a superb result for Fulham because they won obviously through the week at home and they went on the on the Tuesday night. But then they go and get. Uh, they go and get a good point at Middlesbrough, you know what I mean. So you know what I mean. They've had a they've had a good solid week. Spot on. So talking about managers, uh, Millwall got a new manager a couple of weeks yeah. back, and uh, Gary, Gary Rowett. Yeah. yeah. Millwall too, and they beat you know Stoke have been picked up a couple of decent results recently. And, yeah. Uh, Millwall Dunham two one at home. Yeah, I. Um, I'll be honest. I, I didn't probably see this one coming. I thought I thought Stoke Stoke could turn the corner a little bit, and I, I wouldn't say that I'd probably expected Stoke to win. But you know, what I mean, I thought it was always going to be a, a, tough, a tough game. But 
the new manager obviously had an impact of, uh, of of what he said in the changing room, and obviously worked on things in, uh, over the over the course of the week. And um, and to be to be honest, I thought they were outstanding. Um, I thought they created chance after chance after chance. Um, they've got about three Wallaces playing for them, and I can't let you know what I mean. I, I, I won't know which which one's done what, but I'm going to speak about one later on. But um, some some of the some of their attacking player was was just out of this world. You know what I mean? They they, they looked quick. They looked there was good movement, um, good out, out outside inside the box, and they just caused Stoke City all kinds of problems. Stoke City had the had, had opportunities himself. Should have scored. Lee Gregory um, missed a missed a very very good chance. I thought Federici in goal for. For Stoke did really well, you know what I mean. I'm surprised he's playing, but you know what I mean. Jones has obviously got his uh, has decided the way that he's going to go down, and, and Butland's had a had a really poor start of the season. So Federici deserves to play, and even though they got beat two 0 I thought Federici was probably Stoke's better player. Uh, Tom Ince, uh came into the game later on uh, and had a decent strike, which probably could have gone in on another day. But you know, I think I think the way that Stoke picked up last week and got a victory last week, I think. Um, I think they'll, they'll just plod on and they'll, and they'll get back on the horse and they'll and they'll, and they'll and they'll pick another result up. But I think it just wasn't just wasn't for them because of uh, the Gary Rowett situation and the new manager for for Millwall and and the, and, and the point to prove that Millwall players looked that they had, especially after what happened at Brentford last week for Millwall that they're tuning up with five minutes to go. You know what I mean? I was I was concerned for them as well, but no, they they deserved that. I thought we deserved it and um, probably could have been more than the two to be fair, Si. Yeah, they were excellent. Millwall, they played yeah. so so quick going forward as well. Yeah, Jed Wallace, yeah. Was, uh, superb. Loved loved watching them. Yeah, it was enjoyable, mate. And um, yeah. there, there's a thing about manager putting his stamp on straight away. Millwall have completely changed the way they're playing in what yeah. three weeks, three weeks, four yeah. weeks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So he, you know, Gary Rowett's gone in there with the attitude, not letting it drift. Getting to know his players, or you know, like, or we'll see how it goes. Let's bed in. You know, yeah. we're playing this way. We're going to play attacking football. I believe they played four four two as well, and yeah. two wingers. Let's go. And why not? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I say you even look at the uh, Brentford game last week. You know, what I mean, going forward, outstanding. You know what I mean? The, 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 they got the other side of Brentford. You know what I mean? They created chance after chance after chance again. The problem they've got is defensively. You know what I mean? That they need to score two, three goals to win a football match because Stoke again should have scored. They had a couple of really good chances. Um, you know what I mean? On another day they'd be disappointed they didn't score at least one, maybe two, maybe three. Um, but you know what I mean? That I'm not taking anything away from the the, the full thoroughly deserved to win that football match. Yeah, they did indeed. Uh, so next up was a very uh, action-packed game, shall we say, in West Brom two, Charlton two. Um, yeah, um, Lee Boyer's final game, um, suspended and he watched the game right in the gods. He watched it with, um, with his own TV camera crew who, uh, who, 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 who did the game. And to be fair, just every time I'm watching Charlton in a minute, I'm, I'm sort of just surprising me with, with the way they're doing it. Um, you know what I mean? It didn't get off to, a, off to a great start. Uh, Pereira set up Phillips and for me, Pereira's turning into, um, the best player in the championship so far for me. He's just he's electric. I just love watching him. He just seems to glide past players and just enjoy setting people up and and just enjoys just terrorising defenders. And you know what I mean. I think first half is just his. And you know what I mean. He, I think he had a, he had a, he had a fantastic display. But I thought Phillips' his, his goal was was excellent as well. His finish in the top corner. Um, so solid one 0 at half time. And then all of a sudden, Charlton just came into the game. 
So whatever Lee Boyer changed at half time or, or things he said at half time were were the right things to say and um, got themselves a, a, an equaliser through. Um, I'd probably say a little, little bit of a, a fortunate goal with a deflection, but very tidy header, uh, but very good goal. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll leave the red card, red, red card up to you. But I thought it was a it was a bit of a shocker. Um, and I don't know. There's obviously going to, going to talk about the, the whole incident, what happened after after the red card. But um, uh, but then Robson Carnu came off the bench again, got himself um, another goal. Obviously scored at Middlesbrough um, a couple of weeks ago, and their one 0 victory. He's come off the bench and scored some very very important goals. Um, and then Cullen got himself uh, the equaliser in injury time from the penalty spot, which was an absolute stonewall penalty, regardless what the defender... I don't know what the defender was playing at, to be fair. There was no way in the world he was going to win that ball uh, and then decided to shoulder barge him, thinking he was going to win the header. 94th minute, you do not go anywhere near anybody in the box because you know for a fact the referee has got... Even if it's not a penalty, the ref can't change his mind from VAR. The same thing with uh, Robson Carnu's goal. If that was in the Premier League, it wouldn't count. You know what I mean? So defenders just need to give themselves a little bit of a, a clean head, compose themselves, because 94th minute, you're touching anybody in the box, they're going to fall over just to give themselves an opportunity to get a, get a penalty in the last minute. And, and I'm not saying it's not a penalty, because I thought it was a stonewall penalty, but I thought it was just so naive defending by, um, by West Brom, and, and they, just, um, they just ruined an opportunity for themselves to, uh, to take all three points, especially with 10 men, because it was a... Uh, it would have been a really good result to beat to beat Charlton Athletic with ten men. Yeah, and the thing with the penalty, mate, is um, he didn't need to make the challenge. He gave made, gave the referee a decision to make. But here's yeah. my thing: is he did what Mane did on Sunday for the penalty as well? Is he could see that the def- uh, the defender was going to attack the ball to try and clear it. So in yeah. the Liverpool game, Mane saw that the Spurs defender was about to boot it away. So he just put his foot in the way. And then yeah. he tried to boot the ball, he kicks him. The, the striker could see the uh, sorry, the, Charlton, uh, the West Brom defender come in to head of the ball. So all he did is stood in the way and yeah. then went over. It's a penalty. Yeah, 100% nailed that. Regardless of whether how stupid and clumsy it looks and you think, oh, is that really a penalty? It's a penalty, it's a foul. Yeah. He yeah. took him out. Yeah. Um, I thought Charlton just surprised me more and more every week. Oh, week in, week The way out. they play, being, you know, silky and amazing to watch, or just their grit. To go 2-0 down to West Brom and, you know, come back in that fashion, it was really, really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, Pereira, mate, his vision is unbelievable. I can't believe... The, I, honestly, mate, I can't believe we've got him in the Premier League, uh, in, the, in the Championship. I honestly can't believe we've got him in this in this league. He's... He's just terrorising defenders. He's he's creating chances. He just looks like he's just he's on the top of his game. He's he's terrorising teams week in week out, and you know what I mean. It must be an absolute joy to watch and, and to train with week like day in day out. It must be just be it must be a centre forwards dream there. You know what I mean? You've got um, they've got an abundance of centre forwards there, and he must he must just create chances for fun for them. But they're not they're not also winning games comfortably as well. You know what I mean? They drew with Barnsley. Clean sheet. Through the week, that that was two all. They drew two all again. You know what I mean? Right, this was a, probably a good point with ten men, but you know what I mean. When you're two one up with seconds left, it's a, it's a bad result. Yeah, West Brom haven't kept a clean sheet all season, which is an I amazing, know. incredible stuff. Especially with um, Slavin Bilic, because he's he's just made up. He's a centre half himself, isn't he? And uh, yeah, and uh, and he just uh, lived off lived off his clean sheets. 
Certainly, yeah, mate. My my uh, my dream is to have to have a team with Glick and Pereira in the same midfield. That would oh, be God. my dream. Imagine imagine that. The Joe Allen sitting just behind. Oof. Oh. Have some of that. That would be that would be that's Premier League heaven, that isn't it? Yeah. So next up is uh, Sheffield Wednesday versus Leeds, which I think if these two were still playing now, they still wouldn't score. It's like save, crossbar, post, crossbar, post. Save. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start side with uh, uh, with keepers. Awesome. Uh, Paddy Bamford. I'm gonna start with Paddy Bamford and. Bielsa that he keeps. I don't. I don't know what. He, I don't know what Paddy Bamford's got over him, but he keeps on playing him. Um, and I feel so, 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 so sorry for Nikitaya that he's not getting an opportunity to play. He brings Paddy Bamford on, brings him, brings Nikitaya back, uh, brings him on at half time, and he terrorised the back four when he came on. Terrorised them. Absolutely couldn't live with his pace, and he's such a different player to what Paddy is. But I'll I'll stick up for Paddy a little bit. That his header in the first half is outstanding, and and what Westwood see. pulled off a great save, but. He's just playing with zero confidence. He looks like he he could play for another another year without scoring a goal at the minute. And you know, but yeah, both goalkeepers were outstanding on the day. Um, I thought defenses were quite sh- quite quite shaky. Yeah. Um, Steve uh, Steve Fletcher's shot second half with the crossbar, then hit the goalkeeper and went out for a corner. I thought it was was excellent, outstanding, and so unlucky. Um, but I thought Chef Wed were I thought Chef Wed were 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 really good, really strong, and. Um, I thought probably deserved to win. You know what I mean? And 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 if I look at the league table and they're, and they're right up there and 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 they've just come there quite quite steadily, quite quietly. And um, but for me, after after watching them oh, about a month ago at Middlesbrough when they turned us over four one, they were the best side I've seen live this season by a country man. Yeah, Barry Bannon was outstanding again. Oh, he just he knits things together, mate. And his 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 left foot's like a wand and. You know what I mean? I think he'll uh, he'll he's gonna he's gonna cause loads of teams problems with with his quality and the way that, the way that he does things. Yeah. Uh, next up was Bristol City two Wigan two Wigan. Oh, Jesus! I can't work him out. Well, there's something there's something with um, with Josh uh, Josh Windass as well because Josh Windass was supposed to play and last minute he didn't he didn't play and apparently I don't know what it was but someone said something about an injury in the warm up or something but then he was seen. You seem seen fine later on, and, but anyway, but um, yeah, they just can't buy a clean sheet, and they can't. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, we go back to the first game of the season, side with um, with Wigan. You know what I mean? That the performance they pulled in against Cardiff City was all action, all attacking, with pace, with a bit of creativity, had a bit of everything, and I haven't seen that since. You know what I mean? I've seen little snippets here and there of of, of what they can do, but. You know what I mean? They're, defensively, they're all over the place at times. You know what I mean? But then they can go to Bristol City and turn them over. And Bristol City, after what I think Bristol City equalised in the 86th, 87th minute. You know what I mean? So it was a probably a disappointing point in the end for Wigan. You know what I mean? But if, if you'd have offered them a two-all draw at the start of the season or start of the game on, on Sunday lunchtime, they'd have snapped your hands off. But they just... You know what I mean? Paul Cook, he's a, he's a very shrewd manager. He'll be, you know what I mean? He'll be working tirelessly to get things right and, and, and defend better and you know what I mean try and keep clean sheets but you know what I mean I, I see this championship side as a is it's like the gift what keeps on giving and you know what I mean there's goals 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 and you know what I mean you can defend all you want side but Cardiff got it right two seasons ago and defended and got Nick 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 games one nil but this season there's no team who seems to be doing that and you know what I mean it's the teams who are scoring goals the West Broms and 
you know what I mean, the leads at the start of the season who were who were doing well. And it's not about clean sheets sometimes, it's about putting that ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it's about winning games. I think um yeah. thing with Wigan is they seem to either be able to defend really well or attack really well. Yeah. But they they don't seem to be able to do it together. No. Um because they you know, they there's something there. They you know, they they were I think were they two nil up or two one up and two one up, yeah. You know, there's quality there. Bristol yeah. a good side. I think Bristol are really flattering to flattering to deceive this year though. They started yeah. off really well, they added a bit of a run, and then they've seemed to have gone back to that sort of stop starty thing and just not quite doing it for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally agree, Si. I just think uh I think they need to I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is a the the, the lost um they lost a four v through injury. I don't know if it, if that's hit them. You know what I mean? They're, they're letting goals in. You know what I mean? The amount of money they spent. They spent what fifteen million pounds on Callas. You know what I mean? And they're still shipping goals in. You know what I mean? They've got Ashley Williams. You know, they shouldn't be letting goals in the way that they are. You know what I mean? Because no. Bristol City are scoring goals. They create chances to score goals, and they can't really afford um, to uh, to let the go- the amount of goals in the, that they are. It's not healthy. It's not. It's not a healthy way to to push forward in the championship. No, spot on, mate. Um... So that's all the games. Uh, Brentford are currently beating QPR 1 0. Yeah, they are 1 0, yeah. Ollie Watkins again. Yeah, he's on fire. And to fair side, we've we spoke about we spoke about him constantly on about how good he is, and you know what I mean? And this is it's it just it just proves that we, that we that we do know what we're talking about sometimes, even Absolutely. even though we've got there every every prediction wrong at the start of the season where we're work in progress. That's what it is. Well, as we said as we said last week, mate, they weren't our real predictions, but they were just no, you know, just pretend. fake ones. We but, wrote down no, our real ones. I think what it is, sir, we don't know our teams, but we know our players. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There you go. There Absolutely. Go. So speaking of players. Uh, let's go for our two for two for this week. This is where myself and Andy pick two big performances, moments or players, and two nightmares for the weekend. So, uh, where did we start last week? I think we did at Downs last week first. So, let's go, go on. Let's start with the positives. Who have you got um, for Right. Night? I'm going to start with uh, Jed Wallace. I thought it was outstanding. You spoke about him earlier that he caused Stoke uh, a number of problems. He got himself an assist for the first goal uh, and scored himself a deserved goal after uh, after being brought down for the penalty. You know, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And uh, and if you can play like that for, for Gary Rowett, he's got himself a, a very, very, very good player in, um, to, 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 to obviously push Millwall up, potentially up the, up the table and away from the relegation. Yeah, I um I completely agree with that, mate. I got to say, um. So my first up, well, actually, before I say my first up, I would say shout out to the keepers this week. Yeah. I thought Westwood, uh, Casilla, uh, George Long, uh, Federici. I thought yeah, they were Federici all thought very, very good. Especially after all the stick we've given him, sir. Yeah, yeah so we, that's why I wanted to give him a shout out because yeah, um, none play. of my apps are fair play. So uh, my first up is uh, my favourite player. <laughs> Jared Bowen, he was just simply exquisite, mate. Just exquisite. justified, justified, mate. It's justified, isn't it? It's not. Forget favoritism. You know what I mean? He's he's doing mm. the business on the pitch. He's doing his talking with his feet, and that's... yeah, I mean, I was only playing, and he's not my favourite player. But you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. uh, I don't have favourites because I'm impartial. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> no, but aside, <laughs> do, 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 do you know what? Do you know what? It, it's 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 great though because. Uh, same as Ollie Watkins, you know what I mean. Like people may think we've got favourites, but these players are doing it week in, week out, yeah. consistently. So we've we've got to talk about them because they're, they're they're doing it all the time. And you know what I mean. It, 
week in, week out, home and away, consistency is key in this championship. And you know what I mean? These players are doing it. Yeah, my other app I wanted to, I really wanted to give because he's impressed me um, a lot in the last couple of weeks. But um, so it's a toss up really between Jed Wallace and Jared Bowen because I thought both of them were just yeah. so good. And they're such big parts of what their teams are trying to do at the moment. Yeah. Um, if you took them out of the team, I think both their teams wouldn't be able to attack in the same way and to the same standard that they currently are. Yeah. That's how good they are. I agree. Uh, so who you got for your second one? I agree. I've gone for uh, Welshman. I've gone for Hal robson Carnu. Um, and I think it's not just for this week as well. Obviously, he came on at Middlesbrough, scored at the equaliser, scored through the week again, and then comes on again and scores a goal. But it wasn't just the way, it was the way he scored it as well on uh, on Saturday. You know what I mean? He cut in from the left, and I think he was desperate to pass. But then the the, the goal the opened up, and he just walked you know away. I mean? he just walked away. I think they thought he was going to pass, but then it, obviously they opened up, and the gap opened up, and, he, and the way he bent it in. You know, I mean, there's no question in his quality. He's he's got quality in in abundance, and he's he's done it on the biggest stage for Wales, and, and he's done it throughout his career, and he just shows that the boy's got absolutely huge ability and quality, and you know, West Brom uh, probably need to play him more to get the rewards, and you know, what I mean, it, some people I get think... renowned for being a super sub, but. For me, I'd stick him in and see how he does it because, you know what I mean, you look at some of the other players' side for the West Brom centre-forwards, they're not scoring goals. It's always the, the substitutes who are coming on and doing it. Yeah, it's true. I think with him, he's, he's obviously he's retired from Welsh international football now. Yeah. He's 32 or 33. He wants to concentrate on his club career, which is, you know, it's fair enough. Um, but I do think he's, what a, what a sub, super sub to come on for, oh, yeah. you know, for for West Brom is superb, mate. Outstanding. Um, so my next up is Macaulay Bond from Charlton. He's uh, really, one. really, really stepped up in the last couple of weeks yeah. um, and he's been outstanding. I thought his performance, um, not just his goal, but his performance overall, just gone back in the game. You know, they were 2-0 yeah. down. They were struggling. They were a bit all over the shop in the first half and second half he came out and he just led. Like It was a real leader's performance. Yeah, you know, from a young young guy, is yeah. uh, impressive, really impressive, and that's been for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, you know, I thought his goal was outstanding as well, size. So it was a good shout that. You know what I mean? I thought, you know what I mean? It was a it was a bit of a lucky deflection, but obviously he read it as he read it, and you've got to read things and be in the right place at the right time, and that's always a sign of a good player. Yeah, you got to be fox in the box, mate. Yes, you do. So uh, who's your first down, mate? Uh, I'll go on the Millwall game. So I've gone to Lee Gregory. And if uh, if anybody's seen the highlights of the Millwall Stoke City game, Lee Gregory is obviously an ex Millwall player, and it was one nil at the time, and oh, it was it, it was just the, the the worst one of the worst misses I've seen. He didn't even make a connection. He just he's, he's just a fresh air shot, and you know what I mean. And, and he's a, he's an excellent centre forward. He's a goal scorer. He scored hundreds of goals, and you know what I mean for him to miss that, you know what I mean on the, on a, on a big stage against his old old club, it was a Obviously, a, a a major incident in that game. So you know, what I mean, Lee Gregory, he'll take the he'll take the pluses when he scores his ones, his twos, his hat tricks. But he's obviously got to take the critics when he uh, when he misses a sit as well. Yes, it was a it was a howler, shocker. Yeah. Uh, so my first down is Nathan Ferguson of West Brom Albion and the referee. So Ferguson's tackle, <laughs> absolutely awful. Like, do you know what I say? I don't, I don't, I don't know which one's worse. So I, I, I want to, yeah. I want to hear what you say. No, you're right. It's, oh, I mean, it's really like right. So Ferguson's tackle was just so out of control. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, and like, 
anyone who defends that is just talking out the backside because he had no control over it, which means if he, you know, catches that player, he's going to break his leg. And I, I saw that they was the players and coaching staff. Oh, he got the ball. Doesn't matter. It was mm. high and it was out of control. It was, it was reckless. Yeah, it was reckless. Yeah. And then I'm watching it, and then the referee sends off. Um, what was his name? The... He sent off Diagana. Diagana. <laughs> and I'm sat there watching, and I'm thinking, where's he sent him off for? Have I missed? <laughs> you know, I thought I must have missed something. He must have, you know, he must have thrown a punch or like pushed someone over. No, just book, just sent off the wrong player. And like yeah. as me and you discussed beforehand, all he's got to do in that situation, the referee, is say, look, in the melee of players where they're all angry because of the tackle, I've lost track of who, who did the original tackle. Yeah. Can you tell me? You speak to the coaches, you can speak to your linesman, your fourth official. There's ways to do it. Now. Don't send off the wrong player. Look like yeah. a tit. But I think I think I think so at the minute I think referees are, are are making the decisions so quickly. You know what I mean? He couldn't have got his red card out of his pocket any quicker. So I think he just he just brandished it the first person he saw. You know what I mean? He could have been anybody. You know what I mean? But to do it um, that quickly and to get it wrong and and then to uh, it was just a it was just a farce, an absolute laughable laughable farce again. It's, just, it's, it's making football it's making football a laughing stock. You know what I mean? And we're on about. Um, you know what I mean? In the same in the in the same game, obviously uh, Robson Carney was handballed for the goal. Potentially, well, wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have counted if uh, VAR was was present. But the referee didn't have a very good game that day uh, on Saturday, and I think um, I think uh, when his performance is uh, reviewed this week <laughs> or on Sunday, That's I think he'll be. Lo- I think I, th- I think he'll be lucky if he uh, if he does the championship this weekend. Yeah, and I think the standard referee in over the last couple of years has Very been lucky. piss poor. But it's getting worse, side though, because VAR's even getting it wrong now. VAR's making mistakes. So when VAR's making mistakes, what chances have got? Because now people are relying on it. So if you're relying on a system to get you out of the shit, we've got no chance. So The problem is as well, is with the VAR, is the referees... Right, VAR is only supposed to overturn decisions which have the referees clearly got wrong or clearly missed. Now, my problem is there was a couple on the weekend where the referee should have just gone over to the screen at the side of the pitch, which is at his disposal, yeah. when, because he made the right decision, the VAR overturned it. So he yeah. should have gone to check it and said, no, because he can, he can overturn. The, you yeah. know, he can say, no, no, I got it right. Yeah. But if he's not going to think- do that, what's the point? I think, what's the point of having the TV there, Si? Not one referee has used the TV yet in the season. I'm sure all referees at the start of the season have, have had a meeting and gone, like, no one's allowed to use it. The first one yeah. to use it is, the first one to use it is banned from refereeing for the rest of the year. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a leper. Like, no one's allowed to use it. You know what I mean? In the World Cup, they use it, they use it, they use it properly. It's, it's got to be in used the Bundesliga, They use it three or four or five times a game. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it would be, I think it would be more exciting because I think I'd have more respect for a referee that, at the minute, we're seeing referees making mistakes and they're getting overturned by somebody else. Where I'd like to see a referee go, do you know what? I got that I'm, wrong. Looking, I'm, look, I'm looking at the TV. Yes, I got it wrong, but I'm, I'm, make, I'm, I'm looking at it again. Or I'm looking at the TV. Do you know what? I got it right, so I'm going to stick with it because I've seen it again. Yeah. So, whatever I said, and I'd have more respect for them because they're only human. So, whatever they think happened might not have happened. But if it did and you can see it again, say, do you know what? I was bang on there. And then come out after the game and say, do you know what? I'll tell you why I used it. Because I thought I was right, but I just wanted to make sure I was right. Or I thought I was wrong, I needed to make sure I was wrong. 
and just come out with that. And yeah. you know what I mean. And I think, uh, and for me, Sai, I think I think they probably made it. They've missed a trick that we should have probably trialed it in the championship with all what's going on in the championship. Got these snags out of the way a little bit. Told told referees that any that you have to use it at least once a game if if there's a unless there's, there's the game's like a nil-nil. But in the championship, mate, you know everything's everything's all singing, all dancing. You know what I mean? You're getting all sorts happening in the championship. You're probably the game's probably lasting three weeks because you're over over at the TV for you know what I mean for ten days. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just but that's that's life. You know what I mean? I'd rather do it properly and use it properly than. And trial it in the Premier League, the yeah, biggest league in the world, and still making mistakes. You know what I mean? So we just, yeah, it is what it is. Nightmare. No, to me, it's like do it properly or don't do it. Yeah, you agree. Don't, don't half-ass it. I that's what I feel like they're doing at the moment. Don't um, fix who, it if it's not broke. But yeah, yeah, I prefer it without me. What's yeah. um, what's your final your final down? I've gone for uh, my own side's manager, Jonathan Woodgate, for his tactics against ten men Fulham. You know what I mean? I spoke about um, Paddy McNair playing centre half when. Obviously, Fulham went down to ten men and, and not changing it until seven minutes to go. And you know, I mean, for me, I think we missed a little bit of a trick. And you know, what I mean, around about coaches coaching the same way and and uh, and everybody coaching in the same manner and everyone's formations matching everyone else's. For me, it's got to change. And and hopefully, this is a learning curve. And, and somebody tries something completely different next week. Spot on. I've uh, also gone for my home team, and uh, I've actually just gone for the whole team. For showing no urgency, no passion, no dedication, generally <laughs> couldn't be asked um, in the biggest season, biggest game of the season to date. And if Fair it one. weren't for Sean Morrison, it would have been four 0 piss poor. Fair one. Back on Fair to next one. week. Bit um, of honesty. Quite right. Shout out as well. I wear uh, the Blackburn keeper. Nearly got it for me, just for that. Terrible decision for the first, yeah, uh, yeah. First yeah, well, goal, that, that led him back into the game. Stopped, yes, yeah, started the rot, didn't it? Really, that one, mm. poor mistake. Okay, so we're gonna finish off with some questions and fake Geordie lingo bingo. So, uh, but let's have some questions. Send your questions for Andy every week to facebook.com slash nation, Twitter at acecast underscore nation using the hashtag acenationarmy or email acenetworkcontact at gmail.com. Uh, so first question is, oh my God. So they're all, for about, all about Cardiff pretty much. Um, okay, let's start with one which is not so much about Cardiff because they're all about Cardiff. Um if asked, would you take the borough or the Cardiff job? Oh, do you know what? It would be a dream to 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 be involved in a in a football club, but to be involved in one of those two would be a dream come true. Because you know, I mean, I'm not saying I've got the experience, I've got the the knowledge, but I'm sure to work closely under somebody or with somebody, and you know, what I mean, I'd love to, in some capacity, yeah, work for work for either or both at one at some point in my life, yeah. So you take the manager job and I'll be the uh, head analyst. Yeah. We'll whip him into shape, yeah? Yeah, too, right, yeah. Yeah. We would have we got three three points on Sunday. Tell you. Three points, absolutely. I've got six points, mate. <laughs> That's how good an analyst I would be. <laughs> so, uh, sh- okay, here's the first question. They're all along this kind of line. Surely Warnock has to go now. That has uh, that was dreadful, but as dreadful a performance in a derby as I can remember in recent times. 
There's not really a question in there. Uh, surely no. one has to go, I suppose, is the question. Yeah. Um, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it's for me. I think that the, the worst, the worst thing the football club did was announce that he was going to leave. I've said this. I said this in, in the in the opening show that the, the the series this season, and you know, what I mean, I think it's coming back to bite them on the backside a little bit. That for me, there should have been a, a date. You know what I mean? And for me, is it time to him, for him to move upstairs? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave the football club altogether because I think, you know, what I mean, I, I think he's still got the knowledge for whoever to come in he knows the players he knows the area he knows the football club and I think we still need to be there in some capacity but for me I think sooner rather than later this decision has got to be made because he's not going to be there in the summer anyway so it's so I think I think it's got to happen you know what I mean I love Neil a bit you know what I mean as a person as a, as a manager but you know what I mean I just I, I just I just don't want people to hate his final year as a manager after all the good work he's done you know what I mean because That'd be such, especially if that's his his final uh, swan song as manager. You know what I mean? I'd rather him retire. Final contribution to football. Yeah, it's not it's not the way that I wanted him to go out. You know what I mean? So I hope, uh, I hope even if he just goes upstairs, that you know what I mean. I think then it would, and then just finally go out a little bit by by bit. Then it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as it would be easier to take and, and give him a little bit more respect back and maybe a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think moving upstairs with a young manager coming in would be a good shout. Um, Cardiff have mismanaged the transfer window since relegation. They look to be paying the price as they aren't getting any better. Is it possible with an exceptional window to still go up or do they need to wait till the summer and have a fuller clear out? Oh, it's... um... It's difficult, mate. That one because you've got a. It depends who comes in as manager. You know what I mean? You've got a, the, the the manager's obviously in charge of that. You know, is the chairman going to back Neil Warnock in the January window when he's not going to be there in the summer? It's a that's, It'd be stupidity if he did that because a new manager comes in in the summer might not like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the players. So then you've got to ship out again, and it's. Football's not that easy now. Everyone knows the wages are too big. People are on long contracts. There's payoffs. There's this, that, whatever. So, for me, the the decisions got to be made about the manager first and foremost, and then the transfer budget is then given to whoever whoever takes over. And if that's January, then brilliant. If that's you wait till the summer, then it's got it's so be it. The, the squad's good enough on paper to succeed and to do well you just need to be guided in a, in a, in a, in a way for them to start performing but I, I, as a business decision I, I don't see how anyone w- could give the manager money to spend in the January window if he's not going to be there in the summer I just find it a, 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 a ridiculous business decision yeah they're in a ridiculous situation aren't they because yeah. um... it's not a normal position size it? it's not a normal no it's just not a normal position, and and I, and, I, and, that, and I think that's I think that's the problem that we've got, side That the chairman's in a quandary. That I'm not going to put my hand in my pocket because you're not going to be there. And but he the doesn't man, like, but, but the, he doesn't like spending money anyway. Yeah, but the manager's probably wanting, or the manager's wanting uh, money to spend in the January January yeah. window, and it's just it's just never going to happen. It's just it's just impossible. It's got to be an impossibility. Yeah. Um, do you blame Warnock t- stroke tactics, Cardiff players, or Swansea just being a better team? Um, all of the above, I'll be honest. I know that's probably a little bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to explain why. 
Uh, I think the manager got his team selection wrong and his tactics wrong. You know, the way that they were playing, you know, I, mean? I think you've got Gretel up front. I think we, we're using him wrong. Uh, the players have to be responsible for their own performance. I don't think that they put the, 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 the shift in and, 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 and the game was a little bit too big for some of them. Uh, but on the flip side, I thought Swansea's tactics were spot on. I thought some of their players stepped up to the plate. Two centre-halves were excellent. The wide men, midfield, centre-forward, I thought was outstanding. So when you're playing against a side who puts a performance in like that, you know what I mean? They're gonna, they're gonna have. You, you've got to do then something special to counteract that and, and to beat it. And we didn't have enough players on the flip side to beat what they brought to the table. And you know what I mean? But but that starts in the tunnel. It starts in the warm up. You know what I mean? You're you've got to make sure that you're better than your opponent. And if seven or eight Cardiff players are better than seven or eight Swansea players, we would have won easily. Mm. But unfortunately, Cardiff Swansea probably had nine players better than. Cardiff had on the on the on the day. Yeah, I think basically it's com like you like you say it's a combination of the three. Uh, the tactics are wrong generally at the moment. Cardiff yeah. players aren't good enough at the moment, and Swansea played very well on Sunday. Um, yeah. Tomorrow morning you have to replace uh, Neil Warnock. Who would you replace him with, and would you sack him outright or move him to technical director? Uh, I would put him upstairs. Hundred percent. I would put him upstairs. Um, oh, who would I replace him with? Um, I think they've gone down the route of experienced managers. You know what I mean? Obviously, with with him with him being in charge. So I think it's a young, fresh approach for me. You know what I mean? And um, uh, for me, I would go and push the ball out for Stephen Gerrard and say to Stephen that you've tried Scottish football. I think it's time to come to English football and Welsh football, get, mate. Well, Welsh English league football, <laughs> uh, and get and and go and try go and try look in the Premier League and get Cardiff in the Premier League because I still yeah. think that would be a step up. You know what I mean? To step up yeah. from Scottish football, English, regardless regardless of European football and, and Europa League and Champions League because you can only go so far. And it's the same. Neil Lennon's tried it. Brendan Rodgers has done it. You know what I mean? But I think for Stevie to jump from Rangers to um, a Premier League team would be a, a bigger ask. You know, I mean, look what Frank Lampard's done. He's gone from the playoff final to the Champions League. You know what I mean? And and that's and he's and he's 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 finding that transition quite easily at the minute. You know what I mean? I think he struggled at the start, but his transition now is a little bit easier. And um and and I think probably Stevie G would be ready for another challenge. He's 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 earned his stripes, so to speak. At, at uh, Glasgow Rangers and um, and maybe it might be time to move on but apart from that I can probably see no further than Craig Bellamy and getting getting uh, Craig to come and and, and 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 have a go but I don't know the ins and outs of, of the inquiry what happened last time with obviously with the reasons why he left Cardiff City and went over to Belgium so I, you know what I mean I, but I think in the long run I think Craig would be a, an ideal an ideal replacement but with working with Neil above him yeah, I think um, my not issue, I because I think uh, Bellamy would be very good for Cardiff. I think I said on Twitter when me you were, we were speaking to someone who had answered the question um, is if you give it to Bellamy, you got to say right, you got three to five years, you let him do whatever he wants to do with the academy, all the way up to the first team, so that they're all playing the same way, same for, similar formation and tactics, so the transition is smooth from up in each age group 
you give him money to spend, you let him get the players he wants, and you let him play the way he wants. My other concern would be is those players who are there now, I don't think are ready for what Bellamy would expect or the high standards he would expect on a daily basis. Yeah. Because the the reason people don't get on with Bellamy a lot of the time on a football field is because he expects exceptionally high standards yeah. at all times. Yeah. And people can't live to those standards, which causes friction. Um, another but, choice, right, but, but rightly so, though, Sai, you know, that... The, Define high standards, you know what I mean? And, 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 I'll, and I'll go back to the game on Sunday that uh, work rate is a given, you know what I mean? Mm. If, and if he didn't see people putting a shift in on Sunday, like, like probably a lot of us didn't see people putting a shift in, he would tell them outright, players yeah. don't like that anymore, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's old school, he's Alex Ferguson-like, you know what I mean? And, and people don't like the hairdryer treatment, people, people don't like to be told face-to-face that they're not good enough, but unfortunately, the way the world is, in any other job, if, you, if you're not doing your job properly, you get told. And football is no different anymore, you know what I mean? Regardless of how it used to happen, how it happens now, you know what I mean? If you don't do your job properly anywhere, in a bank, in a post office, uh, working on the roads, you, you get told about it. So, what, so why should football be any different? Yeah, I agree completely. My um, Another shout could be someone like uh, like a Carl Robinson. I think he's yeah. done a good, good job elsewhere. Yeah. Um, he's Welsh. Yeah, but not 100% sure on that one either. And that's the, I think that's half the problem is is there's no it's one a, necessarily which you think, oh, yeah, he, he'd be the guy. Yeah, but um, it's also a size as well, though. You know what I mean? That you don't want you don't to get somebody in who's not going to have that... Um, the respect have the pull, to the uh, players. Yeah, but also also push the club to another level because you go and, and be disappointed with the arrival of the manager. Go, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like when they brought Russell Slade in. Yeah, I wish we'd have got somebody better. You know what I mean? That, that there's nothing worse than that. And you know what I mean? Sometimes it's um, you want the right manager in place, but you want to be excited by the news. You know what I mean? I remember the first day when uh, Middlesbrough brought in Brian Robson. It was just oh, it was magical. You know what I mean? It was brilliant, and that's what you want. You want that. You want that X factor. You want that excitement, and you want that. Uh, you want that Yazoo about. You know what I mean? It was it was it was coming in, and what kind of players are going to bring in? And I think. Uh, the young, fresh, vibrant manager, I think, is is probably the way forward. Then, yeah, I agree. Actually, I think um, I'd be happy with a, with a Gerard or a Bellamy, probably. Yeah. Um, providing both brought in uh, the right coaching staff. Yeah. I'd want yeah. them to bring in some top coaches. Yeah. With them, I think they both would, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. Um, final question is, I think. We've already kind of discussed it, so it seems a bit pointless to go over it again, but it's basically what did Warnock get wrong in terms of team selection and tactics, but we we kind of discussed all that in detail. Yeah, but, yeah, he, 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 yeah, he, he got things wrong, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he got his, it's just a style of play at the minute. I, th- I think this isn't just... This isn't just one game, though, Sai, as well, lads. And I'll reiterate that. This is this has been happening for a couple of weeks now. So don't be surprised that we got beat by Swansea City. This wasn't just a one-off game. We've yeah. we've under, we've underperformed and underachieved a little bit this season, and and we need to turn it around. And I, I would rather be having this conversation now, and then we turn things around, and when we play Swansea City next time, and we smash three or four past them and play in the right way mm-hmm. and the Cardiff City way. Um, and then all of a sudden we're in the playoffs or in the top two or whatever, whatever that may be, then then having this same conversation in three months, four months' time and 
and and and then still having this conversation about the manager. Yeah, spot on, mate. I can't I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so let's finish off with the soon to be award winning ten second segment, best in the whole world of podcasting. Fake Jordy Bingo Lingo. What you got for me, mate? Uh, I've gone uh, a couple of um, famous people from my neck of the woods. So I've gone Middlesbrough, obviously, because uh, that's where I'm from. So um, two of the most famous people from Middlesbrough are Captain James Cook. Um, there's obviously he's got he's got parks, he's got hospitals named after him, and I've gone the famous Brian Clough. Uh, and I've been to Brian Clough's house because his house is still built in the area, and it's just because obviously Brian was. Um, obviously, favourite of my old man, and you know what I mean. So it's always amazing to to see my heritage. So yeah, I've got a I've got a bit of history, bit of Middlesbrough ah, lingo. I did not know. Uh, did not know James Cook was from Middlesbrough. There we go. Yes, yes. There we go. That's yeah, very interesting. Cap- yeah, Captain Cook. Yeah, Captain ah, Cook. Very yeah. interesting indeed. So, uh, guys, slightly longer because I went off on a rant earlier, but I apologise for that. But I don't apologise because it's always a good laugh. Uh, you can yep. find Andy on Twitter at AndyCampbell32, me at, at AceCast underscore Nation. You can find us at Facebook.com slash AceCastNation. You can find all our shows, not just the Andy Campbell show, at video at YouTube.com slash AcePodcastNation and audio downloads everywhere. Andy, thank you for your time, buddy. My pleasure, mate. Top man. Good laugh, guys. Thanks for, thanks for listening, watching, whatever else you do. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. Cheers, guys. See you, guys. Network.